Just imagine, the mightiest heroes of our time. All of them, on one team. The Fire and Water Network proudly presents... JLU Cast. Hello and welcome to JLU Cast, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, Cindy Franklin. And I'm Chris Franklin, and we're back with Season 3, Episode 2, Shadow of the Hawk. This episode finally brings perhaps the most requested missing hero that hasn't been a part of Justice League or JLU yet, the winged wonder himself, Hawkman. But any comic fan knows Hawkman has perhaps the most convoluted continuity in DC's long history. So who better to help us cover this episode than a longtime friend of the Fire and Water Network and frequent guest and commenter whose very codename seems tailor-made to discuss the Aerial Avenger, and that's none other than Captain Entropy. Welcome to the Watchtower, Captain. Hello, thank you. Uh, greetings from the Thanagarian colony in Florida. <laughs> I didn't know they had a colony there. All right, that's nice. I think yeah, that's where they're... Rob's moving. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Captain. We appreciate you. You know, uh, it's 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 not an easy task to talk about Hawkman. Uh, as beloved as he is, we know it's it comes with a certain amount of, of, uh, of baggage, we'll say. Um, so... What's your personal history with the character of Hawkman? When did you first encounter him? So I started reading comics about the same time you did, even though I'm a few years older, because as Michael Bailey says, you came out of the womb with a comic. <laughs> so, so, so I think you and Cindy have some of the same memories I do um, of the satellite era. And I was uh, uh, initially exposed to Hawkman then, and then later on, because of the JLA-JSA team-ups, found out about the, the original Carter Hall, Khufu Hawkman. Nice, nice. Did you, did you like, which, which helmet do you prefer on Carter Hall? Is it, the, is it the All-Star Squadron or the Metallic one or the Cal, or which one do you like best? I think I like the Metallic one best. I mean, honestly, I really appreciated that there was, uh, that there was variety. Um, I thought the the regular, uh, the one that just looks like a standard superhero cow with a, that's yellow with a hawk on it. That's that's dumb. You're not <laughs> you're not taking full advantage of the character with that one. And the original one with the with the tongue sticking out was. I mean, it's iconic, but it always seemed a little odd. But I thought the the golden one was. Uh, um, I don't know, kind of regal looking. Yeah, I, I agree. I like that one too. And in fact. I probably encountered that visual for Hawkman right around the same time I, I, I it was introduced to the classic, you know, Silver Age Earth One Hawkman because my one of my earliest comics was the last issue of All Star Comics where he had that gold helmet on. So okay, yeah, that's that's a good look. So so what's your favorite version of the character in comics or other media? And we know there's been tons of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh... That is hard to say because I like aspects of different versions. Um, I like the Egypt angle with the original Carter Hall. Um, I probably pure favorite is the original satellite era Hawkman, where he was kind of a conservative stick in the mud and and kind of a brute with his mace, but they hadn't carried it too far mm-hmm. uh, yet. And um, but I didn't mind some of the later versions where they. Um, uh, made him a little bit more of a thug either. Yeah, I'm kind of pretty much the same way. What about you, Cindy? I I know that I'm coming at it from a different perspective, but I liked the way he was presented 
on um, Smallville. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... Michael Shanks. Yes. Yeah, I liked him as Hawkman. I did. That That's my favorite version. Yeah, he was so, really good. And I know I'm stepping out of comics. I get that, but... No, I, I think okay. they... I think they did a really great job mm-hmm. with Hawkman on there. I liked him. He he kind of he kind of was the Jeff Johns Hawkman. He seemed that way, you know. He was played that way, and mm-hmm. I think Jeff Johns may have wrote those episodes or, uh, or at least contributed to yeah, them or something. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, it uh, that that's uh, that's a good pick. I really like that. Yeah, I've, I, he's probably. I mean, I've liked everybody that's played Hawkman, but I like the Hawkman and Black Adam. I kind of wish we got more of him, but. You know, yeah. Uh, uh, but I, I really did like the Smallville Hawkman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So I didn't see the later seasons of Smallville, and it, everybody tells me I really missed out. So I, I think I need to go back and check mm-hmm. that out. Yeah. And, if if you just want to, like, I, I don't know what season. I know. I think it's. I think the last two seasons are probably where you need to to dip in. I mm-hmm. think those are the okay. best. That's when they really started. Well. Maybe eight to lay that groundwork. The eight, nine, ten. Yeah, wherever the you know? whenever the Justice League episode happened, from then on, it it gets more of a DC fans mm-hmm. show and less of a. They kind of leave behind the the CW drama so much. The CW teen drama as much. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds perfect for middle age Captain Entropy. But the, <laughs> yeah. um, so the what was that? Oh, the Jeff Johns Hawkman. Um, my only problem with that in the comics was that he was so hard to explain. I'm, I, I follow the theory that, uh, every, uh, character's origin, sh- you should be able to cover the high points in a page and, and, you know, he merged everybody to try and reconcile all the different versions, but that was still complicated. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. It's, it. It, it was it was an inside baseball explanation, you know. It, it yeah. Uh, for fans, they could get it, but if you handed somebody, well, who's Hawkman? Well, he's uh, he's a reincarnated Egyptian prince who's reincarnated across the centuries, but he's also part of the second version of the Stanagarian space cop, you know. And <laughs> you know, it's just and a yeah. hot god and this and that and yeah, it's that's. I mean, we'll get into it in this episode, but. I think they had a good template for what to do with him here. And, and I, as far oh, as yeah. the, the comics, I don't think they've done it. So it's, it's a shame, but my understanding is a lot of people really like the uh, rebirth explanation for Hawkman, which I didn't know a lot about until I started doing research for this episode um, that it tied into the DC metal stuff. And that, that just didn't appeal to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of people really liked what they did with him and his solo series. I know Siskoid's a big fan of it. Um, okay. So, yeah, maybe maybe we should all try that. Uh, yeah, I, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. So, on as far as the DC animated universe um, in general and JLA, or sorry, I said JLA, in JLU in particular, did you jump aboard in 1992 with Batman or did you come in sometime later? Oh no, I was in from jump. The uh like at, at the very beginning found out there was going to be a Batman cartoon had the same cautious optimism that I think we all have mm-hmm. about new uh comic book superhero projects because you don't know if it's going to if it's going to be a home run or a foul and uh and it was a grand slam. And so I just carried right on through with all of it. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So did uh, 
so okay, you watched you watched through all of it. So did you did you have a do you have a favorite Justice League or Justice League Unlimited? Well, um, yeah, I do, and, and Justice League Unlimited is probably my favorite series out of all of them, with maybe you know Batman uh, being a close second, but the. And my favorite leaguer is going to be really lame because it's so obvious and I'm not taking full advantage of, of the, of the justice league unlimited, the unlimited part of justice league unlimited because he's one of the original seven. In fact, he's the most original it's Superman. And the reason being that they did so much with Superman's character through the, the justice league series and the justice league unlimited series that, like he was the one he and Batman were the ones who had, I think the most internal struggle and, and, and Superman in particular had the biggest character arc. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, we talked about mm-hmm. that, you know, of course, you know, you listened all season long last season. That's kind of, you know, Superman's journey to finally, you know, reconciling a lot of things that happened from Superman, the animated series and legacy. I mean, we'll still see, events that call back to that mm-hmm. at the very end of this um series but uh yep. yeah it's it's it is a wonderful arc and 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 i think it's interesting that they went in that direction with superman because they kind of went against the grain a little bit but with the whole boy scout nature of superman but they they did it in a way that they didn't I, they they deftly did it because they didn't like turn off a lot of long-time diehard fans you know they didn't it, it made sense for the character and they kind of brought him back around to where he's supposed to be but he's still grown as a as a person as a character so yeah he's still recognizably superman throughout the whole thing mm-hmm. and um and and that's what makes it plausible he's just complex right and, and that's okay yeah i like that that's good good point that's Hey, hey, you know, I, I'm always going to say Batman, so <laughs> I, yeah, can't, well, okay. I can't say. I, have we ever asked you who your favorite Justice Leaguer is? I don't think so. Do you Do you have one? I'd say Black Canary. Black Canary on here? On here. Oh, yeah? Okay, yeah. Because she is true to herself, and she will kick your butt. Yeah. <laughs> That's I like that. Well, yeah. there, there's no shortage. They don't have enough women on Justice League Unlimited. But there's no shortage of strong women. Right. Right. That's true. I mean, it's one of those cases, Black Canary, Hot Girl, Wonder Woman, Supergirl, you know, there's just, yeah, you know, Vixen. I, I love Vixen's character, and you know, and especially how it relates to her and John and Shiera, that particular triangle and everything else. And so, yeah, which we'll get into, you know. Yeah, we'll yeah. get into in this episode. In, in fact, that's a good segue to talk yeah, about. She's particularly great in this. Yes, mm-hmm. she is. Yeah. That's a good segue. So let's talk about Shadow of the Hawk. It was originally aired September seventeenth, two thousand five, the same date as I Am Legion. So they they started off the season with two episodes. So that's kind of cool. In the credits, we had a story by Dwayne McDuffie, teleplay by J M D Mateus, directed by Dan Ribba, music by Michael McQuistian. In the cast, we had Maria Canals as Shaira, Kevin Conroy as Batman, Phil Lamar as Green Lantern. James Remar as Carter Hall slash Hawkman, Gina Torres as Vixen, and John DiMaggio as Dreamslayer. After the League battles the extremists, Shaira is approached by archaeologist Carter Hall, who produces an ancient Thanagarian dagger he discovered on a dig in Egypt. 
He asked her to help translate the glyphs on the weapon and a chance to discuss it over dinner. Batman examines the artifact at the Metro Tower and confirms its age while Shaira prepares for her date with Hall. The Dark Knight informs her that until recently, Carter Hall was named Joseph Gardner and has been stalking Shaira for some time, appearing in the background of news footage whenever the League was in battle. Batman and Green Lantern warn her she's walking into a trap, but Shaira refuses to be coddled and storms off for her date with the dagger. Later, Shaira joins Carter on an expedition back into the Egyptian tomb where he found the dagger. They make it through a series of booby traps while Carter tries to convince Shaira how well he knows her despite them having just met. Following behind them is Batman, having placed a tracer on Shaira's mace. In the main chamber, while Shaira translates some of the glyphs, Carter reveals the real reason he brought her there. He believes he is the reincarnation of an ancient Thanagarian named Katar Hall, and changes into a winged harness and helmet, asking her to call him Hawkman. Shaira has a laugh at the absurdity of all of this and her bad taste in men, while elsewhere Batman battles the ethereal and mysterious Shadow Thief, who has also been trailing our heroes. Hawkman tries to convince her that their souls are destined to be together. He relates how three years ago he found this Thanagarian artifact called an Absorbicron. Upon touching it, memories of his past life came flooding back. He and Chaira were two Thanagarian law officers sucked through a wormhole onto Earth in 660 BC, landing in ancient Egypt. They were revered as gods and with their advanced technology made the area a cultural paradise but a jealous priest poisoned them, and without them, their empire and technology was lost. But Hawkman reveals a hidden chamber housing their Thanagarian ship. Shaira tells him that they are not reincarnated lovers, and an Absorbicron is just a database, and the damaged old artifact probably just confused his mind with thoughts and feelings of another time. He pulls her over to the Absorbicron, convinced if she touches it, her memories will be revived as well. Shaira Judo throws him into the ship, but before he can convince her he's sincere, the Shadow Thief appears. Splitting into two, he phases his hand through the hawks, causing both to pass out. They awaken hanging upside down. Shadow Thief wants Hawkman's archaeological knowledge to disarm the final traps leading to the burial chamber and the treasures inside. To save Shaira, Hawkman agrees despite her protest. Before he can activate the final fail-safes, a battered Batman appears to stop him. In his battle with Shadow Thief, the defenses are activated, releasing huge robot mummies. Shaira frees herself and follows Shadow Thief into the chamber. With the glow of her mace, she repels him, and Hawkman and Batman join in with light sources of their own. Shadow Thief swirls into the chamber ground, further destabilizing the tomb around them. The heroes make it out, but Hawkman turns to retrieve the Absorbicron. Shaira chases after him, and unable to convince him to stop, cold cocks him and flies him out, before the entire tomb collapses. Later, he laments its loss, but Shaira believes his unshielded human mind couldn't take the technology designed for Thanagarians. Batman offers John Jones telepathic help to unscramble his mind, but Hawkman refuses. He is convinced he and Shaira are reincarnated lovers and rattles off all he knows about her, facts that leave even Shaira a bit speechless. He's waited thousands of years for her so he can wait a bit longer for her to realize he's right. He flies off while Shaira confronts Batman about trailing her. He tells her he trusted her, but not Hall. He heard all the nonsense about reincarnation and destiny, but Shire isn't convinced it is nonsense. As she looks at the remnants of the tomb, we see buried beneath the rubble the double sarcophagi of two mummified lovers holding hands in death. So for fans of Shag's JLI Bwahaha podcast, we start off with Justice League, your villains, the extremists. Uh, extremists, I guess. Extremists would be 
that would be kind of dirty, wouldn't Iron it? Iron Man. <laughs> oh, yeah, be Iron Man, right. <laughs> I'm glad you went there. I was thinking of, like, never mind. Uh, <laughs> it was fun seeing these guys since they are analogs of Marvel villains. Lord Havoc is Doctor Doom. Tracer is Sabretooth. Dream Slayer is Dormammu. And Gorgon is Doctor Octopus. Uh, for some reason, Doctor Diehard Magneto isn't present here. Maybe because they already have Doctor Polaris in the Legion of yeah. Doom. Maybe, maybe. So, are you fans of these characters, Captain? I am not. <laughs> the they were like I was. A, I'm a fan of JLI. I'm a. I'm. You know, we hate to say anything nice about Shag on record, but I'm a fan of the uh, uh, of his J of him and his JLI podcast. Um, and I appreciate what they did with the extremists and. Like I always appreciate those wink and nod, um, you know, uh, analogs for Marvel characters in DC and vice versa, but uh, they were just so '90s, and <laughs> yeah. you know, and I was a I was a '70s and '80s comics kid originally, so um, so I cringe a little when I when I see like the the '90s character designs and stuff like that. Yeah, they they're they're a little they're a little extreme. Uh yeah, it's uh, uh but uh, you know, I kind of liked them at the time. I thought they were I thought they were kind of cool that they, you know, it's like it was the they did more with them than they did with the their the Heroes of Anger, you know, characters. I mean, I, they tried to do more of them with but nobody can seem to remember like Blue Jay or Silver Sorcerer as much. Uh so yep. I you know, I think they kind of stick out. They have, you know, Bart Sears drew them, so you know that kind of gave them a little bit of a visual edge, so it was. I thought it was a nice Easter egg, but I'm not like huge fans of them or anything. I appreciate the Easter egg, regardless. No, I honestly it reminded me of the end of The Incredibles. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know where the mole mole, mole guys come in. Uh, yeah. Oh okay, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh okay. yeah, well, that's what it put me in mind of. He's an analog for the mole man too. Yeah, I so. know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the underminer. Yeah, yeah the, thank you, thank the, you. Yeah, could not think of the name off the top of my head. Cliff Clavin, the underminer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've got the love triangle of Shira, GL, Vixen, plus Batman. It's nice to see Green Lantern and Batman in this one since they weren't in the season premiere. Mm -hmm. So you know that's that's a that's a nice nod back to okay. We got some of the. That we got three of the original seven mm -hmm. in this episode, so that's a nice touch. Dream Slayer is voiced by John DiMaggio. He's the only one that speaks of the the villains. He's probably still best known as Bender on Futurama, but he will play perhaps the greatest version of Aquaman <laughs> on Batman: The Brave and the Bold. <laughs> so there we I think go. that opinion is outrageous. <laughs> Did you like that version of Aquaman, Captain? Oh yeah, absolutely. Any, I mean, any any time they make the characters fun, and and Aquaman's been so many different things. I can't say that's outside the realm of who he is. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of he's kind of all over the place nowadays, isn't he? Well, so. I'm pretty sure Jason Momoa kind of looked at the Brave and the Bold, and he's like, "Oh, I can do this, but as a drunk." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, think about it. I think it. he's kind of like, he's like a bro version of that bombastic Steve Reeves, yeah, yeah Hercules kind of, yeah. yeah, or Voltan from Flash Gordon. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. Of course I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, Dream Slayer blasts Vixen and Green Lantern is not happy. He does call her by her real name out loud. Mm -hmm. So Jon Stewart is really bad about this, isn't he? 
Well, does he have a secret identity? I don't, I don't think, think he so. does, right? No, I don't think so yeah. because, um, you know, they showed in, was it in Blackest Night that he went home to his neighborhood and everybody knew he was Green Lantern? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And that's when the Manhunter showed up. I think to, so. To grab him. And um, and Hot Girl later, sorry, I called her Hot Girl, Shira later says, oh, I'm never going to hear the end of this from Batman and John to Carter Hall. Yes. So I think it's yeah. public knowledge that... But not everybody's secret identity. Not everybody's identity is is out in public. Right, Green Lantern, <laughs> John. <laughs> no, but he doesn't. He doesn't get the practice the others do at thinking about it. So I understand. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so don't, I don't excuse it, but I understand. Right, right. We've talked about that. How he called uh, Supergirl Kara out loud several mm-hmm. times, and she does have a secret mm-hmm. identity. And on here, Kara isn't just her Kryptonian name. It's Kara Kent, uh-huh. or Car, or however you want to say it. So it's uh, that's her secret identity. So, <laughs> which raises the question of, you know, and we and we I know y'all have talked about this before too, and I've and I've joked about it in the comments. But the um, does he only do this with the female characters? Mm. I mean, is you know, is there ever a point where he calls Flash Wally? Mm. Well, he does call. I guess technically he calls Flash Wally. In front of Luthor when Luthor's at the end of uh, Divided We Fall, because he says, We uh, got you, Wally. So, yeah. 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 So he does do okay. it. And Luthor's maybe unconscious at that point, maybe not. <laughs> so, you know, although Lex doesn't put two and two together because he later, spoiler warning, takes Flash's mask off in this. Right. They say, I don't know who this is. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. That, that's exactly how I feel when people meet me as Captain Entropy is they have that, that Lex Luthor reaction of, okay, who are you? <laughs> uh, that's, yeah. See now you and John would have a problem because he'd blurt your name out, you know? So <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so would Shaq. So, you know, it's it, yeah, yep. not, not good. Yeah. Uh, so we can never invite John Stewart to the Fire and Water Podcast Network, unfortunately. <laughs> no. So, and he's our my favorite Green Lantern, which sucks. So <laughs> we just won't tell him our, our name. So there you go. I like yeah. that. Yeah, there you go. To him, I'm Earth to Chris. Although that kind of gives it away. So <laughs> a little bit. It's uh, a common name. You're good. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so GL encases Dream Slayer in an energy bubble, and he asks, "You think you can stop me with a bubble?" And then proceeds to try to burst. It with all of its power, and he only fries himself and passes out, collapsing into a car below. And I love Green Lantern's line: "It's a really good bubble." <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a comment to like everybody who's complained that John Stewart isn't imaginative enough with his ring constructs. It's a really good bubble, okay? Yeah, yeah. I think that was exactly. I had the same thing in my notes. That had to be them saying, "Hey." He can do everything he wants to with a bubble. He doesn't have to make a giant fly swatter mm-hmm. or a, a, yeah. a, a boxing glove or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I like that. Uh, I do like how Vixen says, Just need to catch my breath, boo. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed in the captions on Max that they didn't include the boo, but she does say that. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the battle with Gorgon is pretty brutal. He's like choking Shire with his dreadlock-like tendrils and slamming her into a building. And then Batman uses an explosive battering to apparently blow the ends off some of them, uh-huh. which are attached to his head. And then Shire... It's just a haircut. Is it just a haircut? Just a trim. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Shire then whips him around into one of the buildings and drags him up by him. So, I mean, how strong is she? I mean, that's a dead lift. Think yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's pretty, I mean, he, de- well, we find out later that apparently Thanagarians are stronger than humans, according mm-hmm. to the villain of this piece. So, and I think we've got enough evidence to. I know, but I mean, you know, that's. Yeah. It's, but yeah, that they, they're kind of, they're kind of up and down with her strength levels on yeah, here. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They kind of, well, they kind of are with everybody to a point, I guess, but. Yeah, Superman and the whole, you know, electrified great thing, so. Ah! <laughs> but is she Captain America strong? Is she Spider-Man strong? What are we talking about? So, yeah. Right, exactly. Is she, like, MCU Captain America strong or comics Captain America strong? So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think the comic book Captain America could hold a helicopter, you know. No, and, 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 it... I, and I think, uh, actually, I think this is a, 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 a tangent, but... I think MCU Captain America is the Captain America they had for a while that had augmented strength. Like there was a period of time where he where he where he got stronger, mm-hmm. um, and this is probably late '60s. I don't remember, mm-hmm. but um, anyway, that's. I, I definitely do not think comic Captain America could have done that with Gorgon. So we're beyond that. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're into we're into Chris Evans level of strength here. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, if you notice, while the heroes are standing around during the cleanup, we see Batman and Shaira's shadows on the wall. Pay real close attention to the shadows throughout this episode, uh-huh. and there's a lot of them. Of course, this is called Shadow of the Hawk, which is a really apt title for mm-hmm. <laughs> for this episode, by the way. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, even when they weren't. Even when they weren't foreshadowing, pun intended, uh, the villain, the they did a lot of shadow work. There's a point where uh, Shaira is arguing. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but where she's arguing with Batman and John. There, I'll call him by his real name too. Um, and uh, and she steps forward or backwards into and out of shadow. Mm. And it was just a, a level of detail that they probably didn't have to go to, but it looked cool. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. There's a lot of there's a lot of nice little subtle moments like that in this episode. It's really nice. Yeah. Then we meet Carter Hall. He crosses the police line, and despite Shara telling him to get back, he tells her he can't because he's been wanting to talk to her for some time. Then he produces the Thanagarian dagger and points it at her. Mm-hmm. Does this guy want to lose an arm? I know. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a a a really dumb move, but. Actually, so I so I want to get Cindy's opinion on this. When he, um, when he walks past or or just like, you know, ducks under the police line, uh, and just confidently strolls up to the Justice League, that was like, that wasn't just white privilege. That was like tall, good-looking white male privilege. <laughs> he was just I don't know, like a you know a cop should have stopped it. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Good point. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, what? What's going on here? Can't you see? I'm an adventuring archaeologist. I get to do what I want, and I'm exactly. handsome. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. T- tall, good-looking white male with a doctorate. That's like, mm-hmm. you know. I did not know what you were gonna say. It started with a D. Did not. <laughs> so it's kind of like if Doctor Ange walked across the in, across the yeah. police line. Yeah, yeah, but he's a doctor. He could say he was rendering aid. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he would 
he could probably get away with it. Right, right. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I like how you know Green Lantern like grabs his, he pulls up his ring hand, and Shira smacks the dagger away with her mace. And while he explains it's an artifact, not a weapon, although it's really both. Batman sneaks up behind him and just touches a nerve point on his hand and makes him drop it and takes yeah. it. So how's yeah. that for an introduction? <laughs> uh, hey, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. And I had to go back and uh, rewind a few times because I think it's about three frames in the show. <laughs> and, yeah. um, it, it's, it's very fast. Yeah. I like that, you know, when they have Batman, he's, you know, Batman's being Spock, you know, basically yeah. in, this, in this scenario. He's just like, you know, walking up behind somebody and just pinching them and, uh, you know. Uh, so Batman just does the the nerf, which we know, you know, that Batman knows all these moves. And, you know, of course, in the comics, they often say that. But specifically, the animated Batman, there was the whole uh, thing with Kyodai Ken, the ninja, and the, the death touch and all that stuff. So Batman yep. knows all these pressure point things, especially the animated Batman. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah, and unlike um, unlike the Vulcan neck pinch or nerve pinch that um, you know that I spent my elementary school years trying and failing to to, to implement. Yeah. Um, the uh, I think what Batman did would actually work not only because he knows the pressure points, but because he used his pointy gloved uh, finger. Right <laughs> there, you go. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would hurt even if he didn't hit the right spot. That's true, yeah. Especially if according to who's drawing him, you know. <laughs> yeah. So Carter Hall is voiced by James Remar, who had voiced the lead Manhunter on Justice League's and Blackest Night. There's that episode again. Uh, he'll voice Two-Face on Batman the Brave and the Bold. There's that again. And play Black Lightning's friend Paul Gamby during the entire run of the CW series. But he's probably wow. best known for film work like The Warriors... And he was recently in Oppenheimer, and he's the side villain, the the assistant to Treat Williams in The Phantom. So you know he's got he's got some comic cred. So he's a familiar face. If you see him, you're like, oh yeah, I know that guy. So yeah, he's he's lots of times he plays a villain though. So it's kind of cool to see him play a hero here. Yeah, a stalker hero, but still a hero. Right, right. <laughs> Stalk man, as we'll <laughs> we <can> call him. <laughs> Batman recognizes the dagger as Thanagarian, but Vixen says all Thanagarian tech was either destroyed or confiscated after invasion. But Green Lantern corrects her, saying what was left goes for big bucks on the black market. And I really like this detail. It kind of reminds me of the Chitauri tech in the MCU and all the other villain tech that like the Vulture used Uh in Spider-Man Homecoming. I like the idea that this stuff doesn't all just go away. People squirrel it and sell it and you know, build things from it and things right. like that. Yeah. I, yeah. It made sense to me too, because just like with what the MCU did later, it seems like what would happen in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Carter tells him it's not from the invasion and he found it in Egypt. It's over 8,000 years old. He asked Shaira to go with him to Egypt to help translate the glyphs and solve the mystery of how it got here. So what did you think of Vixen's reaction to this reaction to this proposal, Cindy? <laughs> well, I mean, actually, it's really smart. She wants Shaira to be happy, but just not with her man. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, hey, this guy's good looking. He's intelligent. Bye-bye, babe. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, she was all about helping helping them have a great trip to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I thought that was terrific, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cairo's beautiful this time of year. I can recommend some nice restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get you off the table, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Green Lantern seems to want to squash this pretty quick, saying they can examine it back at the uh, at the Metro Tower. But undeterred, Carter agrees and asks Shira to dinner to discuss it. So, right. Yeah, yeah, it's nice, nice. So he's, he's he's not losing his game here. He's like, Mm-mm. you know, you might have threw a curve at me, but uh, so what do you think about her reaction here, guys? Whose reaction? Shira's or Vixen? Shira's to Carter asking her out. Well, I mean, it's one of those things. She's like. You know, I can't have him, so why not? This guy's cute. And also, it's kind of like, screw you, buddy. I'm going. You can't stop me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and that reaction just intensified more and more as, this, as the show uh-huh. went on. Mm-hmm. But, the, um, but my favorite thing was the line where she just says, I don't, um, and I'm, I'm trying to fill it in the rest with in my head. It's like, what, eat dinner? Uh, go out with strange men who point swords at her. It's like she's, she's she's reaching on the shelf for a policy that she has not established. That yeah. will let, let her say no. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, <laughs> I don't go out in public because people still hate me for the Thanagarian invasion. Uh, you know, that, I, that, I, that one would have worked. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then of course she, I like how she looks at Green Lantern, looks at Carter with his hand out. Then pauses a bit and says, okay, sure. So it's like, oh, wait, what about John? Oh, yeah, that's over. Why not? You know, that that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So. (laughs) I think Cindy had it right. I think that's like, you know, for a split second, that's what went through her head. Yeah. 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 So Green Lantern looks put out and Vixen looks put out that he's put out a little bit. Well, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I'm sorry, but Vixen is completely in the right here. I'm like, you're with me, buddy. You shouldn't give a... (laughs) He total crap what she's doing. Right, right. I mean, he can oh. care about her being safe, but he shouldn't care about who she's dating. Exactly. Right, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're talking about bird people. I think it's most appropriate to say he shouldn't give a hoot. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah, I like it, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Be here all week. Try the veal. That's nice, yeah. Ooh, I don't want veal. I want a good steak. Yeah. I <laughs> know, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Mm. Never reveal guy. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. You know, I think it's funny that Batman could probably care less about all this uh, until later when he finds out some things. (laughs) But uh, Carter says, I'll see you soon. But this always bugs me in TV and movies. There was no contact info exchange. No, no. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I I, like, well, in if if we put the the TV and movie like, uh, I, I don't know, grace over it. Because you're right, they they never exchange contact info. They never say how's Thursday for you. They never do any of the boring things that we do in real life, uh, you know, to set up a meeting. But um, you, you know, it's like the you know all the phone numbers starting with five five five. Yeah. But <laughs> but if you think about it, if you if you remove that, then it's like it, it's more creep factor because clearly he knows how to get in touch with her. Oh, mm, true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's right. <laughs> He's outside digging in the trash and bumps into the question. Who's also digging yeah, in the yeah. trash. <laughs> this is my side of the block. Get lost. You know, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> taking notes. He's, he's the, the questions disciple. Right. There you go. <laughs> uh, the Lakers walk away, then Carter, but his shadow hesitates with ominous music. Uh, is this Nosferatu or Gary Oldman's Dracula or something else going on? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if we can say everything that's going on here, but that was definitely that, that that and I hate to say it again, but it was literally foreshadowing. Yes, there's a lot of foreshadowing. And, and yeah, we I don't want to spoil what we're going to find out later in the season because we'll all get a chance to talk about that as we'll discuss at the end of the episode. So if we can kind of. Because we are, we do have some people who are watching along with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we can kind of keep it a little vague, I mean, we can we can touch on it, but let's not just full out say what's going on here. So I, I figured that would be the policy. I just want to um, establish right now. So at, at no point it looks like I'm taking credit for something I I didn't accomplish. I did not see it coming. I didn't either. I didn't either. I didn't see that reveal coming that we find out in the later episode. I didn't either. I had no idea. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so did you think shadow thief when you saw, but I mean, aside from the reveal, did, did, did you think shadow thief was like going to be the villain of this one based on the title and the weird shadow thing there? Okay. Yeah. Well, well that, and I mean, and we're clearly going for, for a Hawkman thing. And, and so, you know, shadow thief is a classic Hawkman villain and, you know, apologies to Dr. Ange. Bonus, it's not Bith. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or Matter Master or somebody like that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the only, like, you either go Shadow Thief or Gentleman Ghost, which, you know, obviously we love the Gentleman Ghost. Uh, well, but, I mean, it's lucky since you're neighbors. Right, exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but we'll actually see the Gentleman Ghost later. So that's, that's uh, we've seen him. We've seen him at the Hall of Doom, mm-hmm. but we'll encounter yep. him. We'll all get to talk about him later. So that's that's another cool bit. So, uh, so then we go to the Metro Tower, which I don't think last time I noticed last night. I didn't go back and look again, but it looked like the view from the this time was above. It looked like the Metro Tower was like on a little island, and there was like a bridge to it, almost like Titan's Tower kind of mm. type thing. Which you know, it's like oh, that's interesting because I think. I'd have to go back and look if that made sense to what they showed in the previous episode. Because it looked like it was in the middle of the city then, but I don't know. It looked like it was like kind of off on its own little island or something. Did you notice that? I didn't pay attention. Mm, I don't Sorry. know. I, I should have looked again. So I may be I, smoking my shoes. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I noticed it too. Um, and and I could go back and look again. It might be that there was a moat, which would be kind of ironic with their whole you know, we're going to be down on earth, getting in touch with the people. Don't mind this moat and, yeah. you know, 117 different security devices. Yeah. <laughs> they've got the, uh, they've got the robot sharks from Black Hawk Island in the moat now, you know, maybe. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny though, because it, if they do have a moat, it's kind of like the, the little pond that's in front of the hall of justice on super friends, you know, maybe yeah. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> Just upsized. yeah. Or, or, or the, uh, um, uh, the moat around the top of uh, the Wayne Foundation, but right, exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. In the <laughs> the Marshall Rogers story, yeah. <laughs> uh, at the Metro Tower, Batman and Shire confirmed via scans and carbon dating that Carter was on the money about the age of the dagger. Uh, then we cut to Green Lantern in the elevator. The door opens, 
And standing there is Shaira in a short, slinky, light pink dress with her hair combed back. His reaction is, Judas Priest! So, Cindy, what do you think about this outfit? This is basically the same thing when Princess Diana and Charles were getting divorced and she wore her revenge dress. This is her giant, screw you, buddy. Look at what you're missing out on. <laughs> nice. That's exactly what that is. You can have Camilla. Here's what I look like. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's exactly what that is. Yeah. Um, I'll just say that Green Lantern has better taste than King Charles for for rebound uh, women. But anyway, go ahead. True. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Visually, at least, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're being very bad here. I'm sorry. Uh, she, but yeah, clearly Shira is loving. Oh, she wants to make him squirm. And she's, and she's kind of like, see, this is what you could have had, dummy. Yeah. And she's, the look that they give, the, 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 the look on her face and the the tone of voice that Maria Canals uses, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like wow. I mean, there were there were, you know nine hundred numbers in the nineties that like man, we should have got her. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. wow. <laughs> yeah, and and then the line about I can I can tell you where to get one for Vixen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, so he says he's never seen her in a dress before. So. What were you doing, John, when you guys were dating? I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we know they, you know, they went to hang out in uh, that violent alien bars bar. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but, yeah, I had the same question. Is like, and 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 I thought about it. Like, maybe, you know, this guy sees you in your work clothes all the time. You, you know, you you don't bother to get all gussied up. And John Stewart's probably not a guy who goes out to four-star restaurants, no. you know. However, uh, I would say that was incorrect now with Vixen because that's the kind of lifestyle she lives when she's not in the field. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And, and I'm, you know, I'm sure he adjusted to fine dining pretty quickly. But the, but anyway, you know, and, and the, uh, um, the fashion shows that he goes to. But it, anyway, I think... I think he missed a trick by not giving her an opportunity to wear a dress Uh when they were dating. Yes, yes, definitely, yeah. (laughs) I like he says it's fetching, you know, after he stumbles a bit, yeah. He is so, you know, for somebody that's got the willpower to literally, like, move planets, he's like, (laughs) it's great. (laughs) But then, you know, when she says that about, if you want one for Vixen, I can tell you where I got it, and then she keeps getting closer they're like lip to lip closer. Uh, and he's starting to say something when the doors open and Batman walks in saying, glad I caught you before you did something stupid. Uh, yes. <laughs> Which he means, you yes. know, going out on to dinner with Carter Hall. But I think he also knows he could, it could be interpreted the other way. Right. Oh, he's, he's being a blocker. Yeah. And McDuffie yeah, and yeah. DeMatteis know that they're, they're making Batman a member of the audience here. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's yeah. us as he walks in. Don't do anything stupid. You know, <laughs> just like, <laughs> or maybe some people are saying, yes, do something stupid, stupid, dump Vixen, dump Carter Hall, get back together. You know, I, I don't know. But <laughs> that's how you feel, but <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh Yeah. It's just this is this is just a fun bit. Uh, Batman then begins to burst her bubble on her new suitor. He researched Carter Hall and found out his real name was Joseph Gardner. And who is that a nod to, Captain? So, 
I have two answers for that because because one is it's an it's a nod to Gardner Fox and Joe Joe Kubert mm-hmm. uh, of the Joe Kubert school, um, yes. nod to Rob Kelly. Yes. But the um, but you know the guys who created Shadow Thief, who created um, uh, who Gardner Fox co-created Hawkman. Joe Kubert was his uh, you know the the artist he's most associated with. Yeah. But but I also found in the research. And I didn't know this, that Joseph Gardner is the name of an evil guy Gardner cloned some aliens made. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So an evil, an evil well, guy Gardner clone. How evil is this nice? guy? Yeah. yeah. Is he nice? <laughs> is he intelligent? <laughs> He's, it, it's, it's basically uh, Guy Gardner without all of his restraint and manners. Uh, oh, I was gonna say we see he's respectful of women because you know if we're talking about so he's Lobo basically yeah yeah basically yeah <laughs> wow yeah uh, uh, Batman says he uh, did change it legally six months ago and he's an archaeologist and curator of the Midway City Museum which is of course the occupation of the classic Silver Age Earth One Hawkman so that's a nice little bit too yeah. So, got Midway and that's City. A good in. gig. I mean, that's that's a a regular paying job where you don't have to grade homework if you're, you know, if you're an archaeologist. So, yeah, go ahead. exactly. Yeah, it's it's what Indiana Jones should have been doing, right? You know, so he could yeah. take you know he could take leave and not have to worry about somebody taking over his classes, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> that may continue saying he had an excellent reputation until he started saying aliens landed in ancient Egypt thousands of years ago. I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love Shaira's sarcastic reaction to this. Aliens? Yeah. Well, he must be a lunatic because we all know there's no life on other planets. <laughs> what do you think about that, Captain? Yes, I, I thought that was outstanding. The um, and then, well, her sarcasm continues to entertain. I'll just let y'all keep going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She. I, I like the fact that she's standing there with her, you know, her real wings on her back. She's an alien from another planet, mm-hmm. uh, yep. and and I, and I like the fact that you know in the DC universe, this is this is you know they're not only a part of aliens are not only a part of everyday life, they are celebrities and essentially law enforcement. Mm-hmm. So yep. you know it's kind of yeah it's it, you know <laughs> I like that bit yeah. It, it, well, that now that you talk about it, it even makes me think. Well, you know, five years before they probably already knew about aliens, mm-hmm. so. Why would this even be a detriment to his career? You, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, why would why would it? Yeah, I mean, and I'm pretty sure that time travel has come up too. I mean, I maybe maybe the Justice League doesn't share that they time traveled that much, but there's clearly been a lot of time travel in this series. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. not only is you know time travel possible, and you know, so it's like. Uh, you know, even if, if aliens like wanted to travel back in time and do something, they could, you know, so it's like anything's, you know, it's it, everything's on the table. There's demons, yeah. there's, you know, uh, interdimensional beings, you know, I'll, it's yeah. So why exactly? That's a good point that that might bring it to real world. Why would they say, oh, yeah, sure. I'm, that finally explains how the pyramids were built. It makes sense now, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that guy you quoted with the big hair might, you know, he could be a respected scientist. Exactly, exactly. 
Uh, then Batman tells her he frequents, uh, Carter frequents the I hate hot girl bulletin boards. And she pauses when she realizes the implication of the plural boards. She asks how many there are, and Batman answers 57. Web rings. Unaffiliated sites number in the hundreds. <laughs> and she responds, Freaking ass. <laughs> oh, yes. Which, I mean, okay, so that was sad for Hawk, uh, for Shaira, but also. Um, really funny, but the but you, you skipped another one of my my favorite lines of hers, okay. which when Batman says she he also spends a lot of time on the internet, and she says what everyone in the audience is thinking, which well, dang, lock him up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and and as a fellow Southerner, I appreciate hearing Shaira say dang. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I hadn't thought about her saying dang. Yeah. I guess dang, we, you know, we say dang all the time too, oh, like obviously. Dang nabbit. Yeah, dang nabbit and everything. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's that, that, that was a great line. And of course, you know, you're, I'm sure like McDuffie and DeMatteis and Tim are kind of tweaking the fans a little bit too because I, you know, I, I'm sure there was some backlash, probably not as much now as, you know, you know, but, but there was probably some backlash. What they use Hawk? Hot girl, where's Aquaman? You know, that type of yeah. thing. Or, you know, uh, why didn't they use Hell Jordan and all this? Stuff? So they're kind of tweaking the haters of the yeah. things they've been doing on, on this show, too, probably a little bit. So, yep. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we're probably not, shouldn't be really surprised by this. I mean, bulletin boards are kind of dated now. Of course, they're still around. It would probably be like YouTube channels, social media groups more you know but it's still essentially the same thing it, you know that and and i mean you know i mean she was part of a of a culture that invaded the earth and also she betrayed the justice league so uh, you know a lot of you, you can kind of understand why there would be you know anti-hot girl message boards and things like that so i'm not saying oh, there's there's way more justification for I mean, I mean, and, and I'm I'm a Shaira fan, but there's way more justification for hot girl hate than than there is for say, um, being mad at a singer because she celebrated at her boyfriend's football game. Exactly. Exactly. Example. Exactly. Or I don't like the new Supergirl because I don't like her teeth. You know, that's right. st- stupid right. things like that. Yeah. Batman tells her Hall has been banned from them for defending Shaira, and she asks. So he's a fan. And Batman answers, "He's a stalker." So as we said, stalk man. Mm-hmm. And I love the way Kevin Conroy says stalker. I don't know. There's just something the way about the way he, he, he like, he makes it even worse. The way he says it is even worse than the word stalker even is because it's just dripping with, you know, this guy's scum, you know, just the way he yeah, says it. Contempt. Yeah. Contempt. If you're, if you're, if you're going to play Batman, you have to get your judgmental contempt right. <sighs> right. Oh, and Conroy could do that like nobody's business, obviously. Well, of course, he's the best of the best, but, you know. Um, yeah. We then see footage of several League battles. The first is Superman and Shira as Hawkgirl, so it's been a while, versus a villain I had to look up. Uh, he's called the Adversary, and he is basically <laughs> a child given Superman-like powers by a demon. He was created by Demetrius and Mike McCone in Adventures of Superman Number 579 from the year 2000. From the year 2000. There's uh, somebody in D.C. that you didn't know who uh, it was? Oh, honey, after, after like the, in the 2000s, I lose track of a lot of them. So. But I didn't know that was possible. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's possible. It's very possible. So hey, we, it, did you know who this it, character? It, yeah, in, no, in, in Chris's defense, I didn't know him either. I, <laughs> I, 
I found out who he was looking him up. And even then, I wasn't sure if I bought it because, I mean, the adversary, I mean, you, you know, was 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 the villain after him named Bad Guy? <laughs> yeah, that was a sidekick. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, it kind of reminded me of um, there was a character in the Superman books in the 70s. I can't think that was like basically like a wish fulfillment villain. Uh, I think maybe they covered it recently on. One of the podcasts on our network, I can't remember who it was, though, now that I think about it, but it kind of reminded me a little bit of that. I don't know if it was kind of an update of that, but you guys can, in the comments, if you know what the heck my addled brain's trying to figure out, let me know, because uh, it's there, but I can't I can't make it come into focus. So, uh, But anyway, so they were fighting the adversary, and then we see Shiera fighting Gigana, and the other clip with her and Elongated Man fighting uh, Kunz, which are the alien race from... Uh, they mostly were Legion villains, right? Were they? Yep. They were in the invasion, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Carter Hall is there in the background each time watching Shiera. What did you guys think of this revelation that he's been really has been stalking her? I'll let Cindy answer first. Well, in in the one hand, I mean, before we find out what's going on, and it, when you're looking just at this episode, you look at it as like he's in one thing in one screen capture it shows him reaching out his hand like oh I, I need to help her yeah you know and things like that and at this point in the story you're like hey he's just wanting to take care of her make sure she's okay mm. you know that's the way it reads in this story but it's also because you know who carter hall is yes if you didn't know who carter hall was i wonder what you would think right right <laughs> So on the DVD uh, for the series or the Blu-ray, um, there, there's a few minutes of, of of the team that made this one discussing it. Mm-hmm. And they talk about the fact that they got away with Carter Hall being a stalker because he was such a likable character and he didn't give the audience a skeevy vibe. And I think like the, the, the kind of the body language and the expressions that Cindy's talking about were part of that. Mm-hmm. The uh, but I have to tell you when I saw it, I this is this was my military mind kicking in. My first thought was how, because most of these fights are are pickup games, right? They just pop up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did he know to be in these different parts of the world, you know, dressed appropriately, parka in, you know, in the cold place and uh, Hawaiian shirt in the tropical place, mm-hmm. um, you know, when these fights happen. Unless he is literally he tracking her. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, it's kind of interesting if he's tracking her that closely, how come she didn't notice it? I am because she's supposed to be Miss Espionage. Exactly. You know, yeah. She was the teacher at the academy. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so why didn't she know here's this guy this good-looking guy that would stick out, yeah, tracking her. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's a that's a really good point. It's, I mean, they're all over the world. This is a six-foot-two, good-looking white guy. Like you know, right? He he would be noticed. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, she's in a, she's in like a parka. They're in the snow when she's with Ralph, the elongated man. And so it's like, yeah, he's literally like changing climates, like chasing her around the world. So yeah, it's and why now come up to her. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but he had the he had the dagger, I guess. Yeah, so hmm, yeah. Of course, uh, Shira tells them this is none of their business, but Batman says it's league business. She asks him if 
she tells him who to date. I was surprised she didn't bring up Catwoman or Talia here because he doesn't have the best taste in romantic interest either. No. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how common knowledge uh, Batman's dalliances are uh, in the league. I would expect her to bring up Wonder Woman. Yeah. But she might have known not to cross that line. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's exactly. Well, she can't. But really... why is it okay for him to question who she's dating, but it's not okay for her to question who he's dating? That's well, a double standard. Well, she doesn't really question it. She just says, "Do I ask you?" You know. I, but that's my point. Yeah, yeah. That's my point. No, she's I mean, right. He's, I in, mean, in this point, in this point in the story, before we find out everything that's going on, why do these men think that they can tell a woman? who she can and cannot date. And this is why she does what she does. Well, and I mean, the fact that it's clearly hot girl Shaira has shown she can handle herself. Exactly. This guy, especially if they just think this guy's a human, Mm -hmm. he doesn't have any kind of superpowers or anything. It's like, you know, if he does turn out to be a creep, she'll just smack him upside the head with her mace and that'll be the end of it. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of get why they're worried about her. But at the same time, it does seem like it's a little, they're being a little Big brother. misogynistic mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, a little bit. I'd yeah. love to tell my brother, to. T- I'd love to have him say something about who I chose to date when I was in high school. That would have gone over real well. <laughs> my, well think, and my brother's 13 years older than me. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's exactly how she took it. I, I don't know that that's 100% how Batman meant it. Mm-hmm. And what I mean is that you know, Batman is just like stalker, threat, you know, probable threat. I'm, you know, I'm a pessimist. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I think he would have said the same thing to, to Clark if he was dating some woman he realized was, was following him around. That's true, too. Yeah, that's a good point. I think he would say that to anybody. I don't think, I don't think Batman's being sexist, but it reads as sexist because he Tyra's probably would have come across better off if, Green Lantern hadn't been there too because by him coming in, it was oh, yeah. a two, you know, she probably would have respected Batman's opinion more if he presented it on his own. Yeah, because she's from with Green Lantern being there, it's like, look, you don't get to put me on a shelf, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it's, you know, we're broke up. You've got a girlfriend. I'm allowed to date people. You know, it's, it, you know, it's so I, I think that that's, that's how she was reading the situation. Uh, she says, well, you know, uh, that Hall's discovered a legit mystery. It's worth investigating. And John says she needs backup and she gives him a look. Um, you know, since she thinks her ex is suggesting right. I join yeah. you on your date. <laughs> yeah. They almost, I mean, they almost call out what Cindy's talking about in, in that scene mm-hmm. because green lantern says, I, I meant Batman. You know, he knows that he, he knows that his credibility is compromised here. Yeah. Yeah, and it could be that Shire is being extra defensive about her standing with the league because she says, you don't trust me, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so I think that's, you know, she still feels like I'm, I'm still trying to dig out from under this. And I don't think she ever completely will. No. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I think she's put her, even if the rest of them have forgiven her, even Wonder Woman's buried the hatchet now, I don't think she's ever forgiven herself. Right. You know, and I don't think she ever really will. Um, I don't think we ever see that here that I remember, uh, you know, as we as we watch this. So, uh, of course, she does say, "Don't wait up," and we'll see what she meant about that uh-huh. in a bit. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and so, it, I mean, 
back to what Cindy said about her older brother, I mean, I think a lot of her willingness to go out with this guy, despite all the warning signs, and to take things as far as it appears she she did, um, was about um, rebelling or it's not even right to say rebelling because she's right that they're not legitimate authorities, but it's about um, um, proving her independence uh-huh. to, uh, to Batman and Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah. There was some of it, like, I, I agree, yeah. It was a little bit out of spite, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> and then I love the next exchange between Green Lantern and Batman, which calls back to the Once in Future thing, season finale of JLU Season 1. Green Lantern says this isn't right because they traveled to the future and they met his and Shire's son. We're supposed to be together. It's our destiny, he says. Uh, he says this while a freeze-frame Id- image of Carter Hall is behind him, Reaching out to Shaira as you as you right. pointed out, so I like that he's like, this guy's like he, he's reaching for my woman, you know, basically. But you know, you've you chose, and as Batman says, if you really believe that, why are you still with Vixen? So Batman drops the mic and walks out. You yeah. know, <laughs> so good point. Uh, why is John still with Vixen if he believes they are fated to get back together and have a child? What do you guys think? <laughs> I well, so so they highlighted a little bit later i think the the in-story reason is 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 spite just like cindy was talking about with hawk girl mm-hmm. you know he says and I'll, I'll just go ahead and bust this he says later he's not going to be destiny's puppet yeah and and i i can totally see that coming from his character mm-hmm. the the, but then out at of the story- same time he says this we are destined to be together so he's like he wants to live his life but he wants her on the shelf when he's ready to have a kid yeah <laughs> Yes. That's, yeah. You know, that's. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, um, but again, not excusable, but looking at how they portray Shaira and Vixen, understandable. Yeah. So the, <laughs> but the, um, but the out of story reason is, is, this is another thing that listening to the, to the creators uh, showed me. It's like, they didn't expect Vixen to be as big a character as she was. And partly it was because, um, it, you know, she just worked so well in the, in the story and they liked her and the fans liked her, but they also admitted partly it was because they were all crushing on Gina Torres who did the voice. So <laughs> they, you know, and we're, we're happy to have her come back in more often. Right. Right. So it's like they created Vixen as basically a roadblock but then they come to like, wow, we really like this roadblock. You know, it's like, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you know, I, she is great. And this did a lot for the character of Vixen in the comics. And mm-hmm. I think that's one reason why she got a seat at the table when Brad Meltzer did his mm-hmm. JLA reboot, you know. Uh, obviously, she was in the league before, in the Detroit League. And so she represents that. But, um, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's interesting because, yeah, I think you're right. I think John is like, it, it, it's... It, again, we get back to that whole comp, the complexity of these characters because he wants to have that independence. He wants to say, "No, I get to choose who I'm with." But at the same time, he's—I think—in the back of his mind, he's like, "Eventually, we're going to get together and we're going to have a kid because I know we are." And so I'm just—he's—he's—he's he's, he's waiting for literally like the timeline to like catch up, sync up, like sync up or something. And it's like it's kind of it's kind of a weird meta thing, but in a universe that the that they live in with time travel with all these external 
forces of you know fate and destiny and little literally there are characters that are like controlling fate and destiny um you know it, it kind of makes sense in a way i guess in some way yeah it, well and it's i mean it's it's completely illogical for him to behave this way it's completely understandable emotionally and um but the illogic of it like just like uh you said before chris with the elevator like Batman is saying what the audience is thinking. He is he is our stand-in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great, this is a great scene between the three characters, though, so definitely. So we cut to the next day, and Shira and Carter have taken a javelin to Egypt. There's a longing shot on her butt after she lands from flight. I noticed you noticed mm-hmm. that the other night we rewatched it. And Carter seems to be staring at her, and he says, I missed the dress, and she responds... You didn't miss it last night. Oh! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They did the naughty naughty. Yeah. <laughs> and I I think we touched on one reason why they did the naughty naughty. Because, oh, yeah. yeah um, and I'm not even going to point out that this is a kid's cartoon because at this point it really isn't anymore. No. It's We're so far yeah. past that. It's not. You know, there's still action figures on the shelf, but they don't care. They're just, they're doing what they want to do and... I mean, you know, it might go over a kid's head, but, you know, an adult's like, mm, you know, you know exactly what that means, obviously. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> a 13-year-old knows exactly what that means, but yeah. That, that's true. Yeah. Anybody above, like, age 10, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Ex- at least, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he pretty much, he's pretty smooth with his, you look beautiful in anything. Uh, and she seems to be checking him out when he walks, tells her to lead the way. She mm-hmm. tells him to lead the way, so... <laughs> Yeah, at least it was uh, equal opportunity gaze. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they enter the tomb, and he holds out his hand to help her down. And you noticed... Uh, she pulls her hand away right afterwards. And, I mean, they just, you know, did the naughty-naughty yeah. together, you know. But I think, like, Chris and I were talking about it even last night. I think it's more like, dude, I got this. Yeah, you know? don't try to be all alpha male with me, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I don't need your help. <laughs> well. I think it's that. I think it's also that, like, you know, hey, we had one night. I don't want to fall immediately into boyfriend girlfriend. Mm. Like, we're not we're not rushing into that level of a relationship yet. Right. That's true too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the backgrounds of the tomb are really nice. Between that and Michael McQuiston's music, you feel like you're in an Indiana Jones film or maybe the Brendan Fraser mummy movies. Yeah. It's got that feel to it, you know, and. And uh, I really I noticed in this episode that there are a lot of long shots, like the characters are really small in the frame, which mm. we usually don't see on this show, right. to show the scope of the tomb. Mm-hmm. It's really, really well done. And all the hieroglyphs on the walls and, and the, the really beautifully, whoever did the background painting in did this episode, nice job, did yeah. a, they're always great, but this is really, really good. This is, this is one of the nicest looking episodes I think we've seen in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think the um it was interesting to see you know they they did the long shot and backed up so you could see the large scale hieroglyphs and it was it occurred to me that a lot of people refer to those as the first comics. Mm-hmm. So um to see them in a you know a comic book superhero based cartoon it's a it's a cartoon of a, of a comic which was just interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, uh, Shire sees a bust with a very familiar face, while Carter looks at a hieroglyph of two winged people with hawk heads. 
one holding a dagger, the other a mace. Hmm. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) She triggers a booby trap as he calls out to her and he pushes her out of the way of flying mercury tip darts. You may want to warn her about these before you enter the tomb, genius. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so, so that made me ask the question, is he A, just a moron, or B, um, is he trying to make her more dependent on him? Like, you know, you can only, uh, you, you only know where to go if I tell you. Oh. Or what to do if I tell you. Or maybe even he knew something would happen that he could save her from. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I think he definitely knew he could save her, but that's a good point. And that, if you if he does that, that's bringing him more into this whole gas, stalker, gaslighting yeah. stalker yeah. thing, which is like, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't, I think the, the creators are trying to portray him as a genuinely good guy. Uh-huh. But... Because of the stalker aspect, every time something like this happens, you know, my, my I, I'm immediately suspicious. And I think I think time has kind of changed our perspective of this episode, too, because not that ever a stalker was a good thing. But I think now we're more aware. And because of the Me Too movement and things like that, we're aware of of how people being this way can make a woman feel mm-hmm. and how, you know, I, I think that kind of makes us look at this like. Uh, you know, was this really a good way to go with Hawkman? You know, right. even though it's a, I mean, I enjoy this episode a lot and I don't dislike this Hawkman, but if you examine it at a podcasting level, like we always talk about, then you kind of start to go, well, ah, mm, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's getting a little un- more unsavory than I originally kind of took it as. as. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I agree. We're also all parents of daughters. So that, I think that plays into it too. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, while they discuss this, we see Batman has trailed them and has a tracer on them. And who's surprised by this? Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am a bit surprised. His job. <laughs> yeah. I am surprised a bit that one Green Lantern didn't come. Uh, but also that Batman took the Batman took the time to leave Gotham uh, unprotected while he, you know, traipsed off to Egypt to... Make sure Shire is okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, but I think by this time in the Timverse timeline, he's got he's got Robin, he's got Nightwing, he's got Batgirl. That's, That's true. you know. Yeah, he's got the Gotham Knights watching yeah. the, the the city. That's true. Yeah. Uh, of course, Batman avoids the booby trap of spikes like he's going through a turnstile because he's Batman. <laughs> he's Batman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, Batman climbs some stairs and a dark glyph on the wall comes alive and follows them. And now we know for sure it's the shadow thief because mm-hmm. he's got the classic silhouette with the pointy nose and the pointy chin the, that he always he was always a very creepy looking villain. And as you said, uh, created by Gardner Fox and and Joe Kubert. Carter takes her into a large chamber and as she deciphers some glyphs about a long journey, Carter drops the bomb on her. He says he hasn't been completely honest with her and brought her under false pretenses, and she raises her mace. Uh, you th- guys think she's regretting last night now? <laughs> if she does, if she's not. <laughs> well, and he's starting to strip, and so she asks, what are you doing? Right. What do you think you're doing? Yeah. And, um, and that, that cracked me up a little bit because, um, y- you know, it, it's like, is this the... Is this the opposite of the Mile High Club that Carter's going here for here? Is I know. Like, I actually thought that too. If he was at, you know, after a booty call in the pyramid. Yeah. 
<laughs> I like to be naked in this tomb and <laughs> traipse around yeah. in the sand, you know, or something. I just, like, yeah. Ooh, can you man sand in all those places? Oh my God. Yeah, that'd be bad. Yeah. 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 Uh, he takes off his shirt, puts on a winged harness. They don't really show him taking off his pants, which probably broadcast well, standards yeah. would probably like, yeah, you can't show him unbuckling his pants, especially with the connotations yeah. you already have with the relationship. Um, he tells well, her also, uh, I mean, ahead. unless he's got stripper pants, it, you know, that's like 15 seconds of wasted time, but go ahead. Right. No, no, you're right. Yeah. yeah it would look kind of clunky is like, Oh, wait a minute. I got to get these, these shoes off of my little red booties and you know, all this, yeah, yeah these boots and everything. Uh, he tells her they are a reincarnation of lovers who died there. And his real name is Katar Hall. Uh, now we just see the shadow projected on the wall as he puts on a familiar winged helmet and picks up a spike mace. The shadow bit is more than just a device to hold off the full reveal, too. So, I mean, it's it's keeping the reveal, but it's also, you know, all these shadows and things, and we don't want to get into it too much, but it will come back up later. So, he flies away and lands before and says, but you can call me Hawkman. Cut to commercial. So, that's a nice commercial break. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, we knew this was coming, but it was still exciting to see. Uh, it was mm. like, yay, it's Hawkman. Even you know, even as we, you know, even with the uh, the modern interpretation of of it, we're kind of looking at now. It's still, yeah, and spot on on model Hawkman. I mean, he looked great. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's what I was going to ask. What did you guys think of? What did you think of the look of him? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I like the fact that he has the. He's got the early Joe Kubert Silver Age little booties like Hot Girl wears versus the full on, you know, the boots like the Superpowers figures got or he had on the Super Friends, you know. Uh, I kind of like the boots better, like visually, but at the same time, if they're going to like dip into this, you know, a uh, little bit of a combo of the silver and golden, I kind of like. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the look. Yeah, he's he's got that. He's got the green pants and the red trunks with the yellow stripe and. My only little quibble is I wish his beak was yellow instead of the same color as the rest of his helmet, but that's a minor thing. They probably didn't figure they could animate it really mm-hmm. well. So, yeah. Now we know Tim and company picked Hawk Girl over Hawkman or Aquaman to give the league another female member. We also know Shira's fiance, Ro Talek from Starcross, was originally meant to be Kadar Hall, but DC forbade them to make them him that big of a heel. So an anagram was used. So it's it's been a long road to Hawkman. Yes. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. Yeah, they also said um, that the original idea was to bring in more of the original leaguers. Hawkman was the only one they could make work, and they, they ran with it, obviously. Yeah, because I remember them. I watched that feature right before I got in. I should have rewatched that again. But I watched that before we started this season, and I, I think that's the first time I ever caught them saying they were going to bring in Barry Allen. Yeah, like, and Hal Jordan. And Hal Jordan. I'm like, well, Barry Allen, I think he could... I don't know how you'd bring in Hal Jordan because you gave his origin to Kyle Rayner. Um, yeah. Basically, you know, I mean, well, not basically, they did. Um, and, you know, I, it, it would have been, I guess, a different Green Lantern. He could have got his powers a different way and he could have been Green Lantern or got his ring a different way. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of get a nod to Barry in the uh, Flash and Substance episode. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, Barry could definitely exist in this timeline as the previous flash. And that's one reason why they treat Wally like a kid, Mm -hmm. besides the fact that he at least initially acted like a kid, but, uh, and then there's the whole tie into teen Titans where Michael Rosenbaum voices kid flash. Um, so 
you know, uh, we're going to get into some fun stuff there between Kid Flash and Speedy and when Speedy shows up. And uh, so, yeah, that that kind of blew my mind. I'd either forgotten that or never noticed them saying that before, that they were thinking about bringing in Hal and Barry and Hawkman. I was just like, what? You know? <laughs> yeah, well, and I think you're... I think you're highlighting the reasons they didn't because what they the phrase that they used was they couldn't make it work right and it, it you know and it's probably because of the the um the hitches you're you're talking about yeah yeah of course hawkman uh unlike shira and all thanagarians on this series has fake wings which somehow allow him to fly is that that doesn't get explained at all. Did he find some nth metal and make an anti-gravity belt? Or, right. I mean, you know, how did that all work? Although what we find out later, what was put in his head, maybe he figured out how to make, remembered how to make wings. Because uh-huh. uh, according to Dwayne McDuffie, we'll get into that in a minute, but the modern Thanagarians have genetically engineered wings. They genetically engineered them some time back that they're born with wings. Uh-huh. But... The hawk people that we'll see in the flashback have fake wings. So maybe that's where Carter learned how to make his fake wings. Mm. So thank goodness Dwayne McDuffie explained all this stuff, you know, because people still bring it up. So <laughs> yeah, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll buy it. What, you know, makes sense to me. Yeah, me too. So what did you guys think of Shire's reaction to Hawkman? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly. She thought he was crazy, right? She right. talked about the the Absorbicron, old, probably damaged. Yeah. And and that was the thing that Dwayne McDuffie inserted because he never fully bought into the reincarnation storyline. Mm-hmm. And um and Bruce Timm's reaction was, well, I don't believe in reincarnation either, but it's a cartoon. And Dwayne McDuffie, I, I just thought this was a funny exchange between them. He's like, well, I, I have no problem with people who can fly, but reincarnation is my line. Yeah, so, <laughs> right. Yeah, I remember that. That's a good bit. Yeah. So he, he put yeah. that in to kind of like paper over like, you know, and they, they have, we can get into that more when we do the second part of this story, but they they, they kind of paper over like, is it? how much of this has actually happened and how much of it is literally in his head. Right. uh, And scrambled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here. We haven't talked about the absorber. Well, but the, um, and and sorry, this is another rabbit trail I I wanted to talk about is that was always an issue, even in the comics, right? Is like clearly Shaira and, and Carter Hall are Shira, whichever version, like, the the whole reincarnation story that's portrayed as a hundred percent true in DC comics. Mm-hmm. And later on you even get other people they've been through history. Right. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, but they don't, but you know, DC with its complicated cosmology where everything is true. The Bible is true. Ramakrishna is true. Yeah. You know, reincarnation for the Hawks is true. It's all true. Yeah. The, um, the, they, I think they portrayed it as like um, reincarnation is a thing that happened to them, and I, and, and I'm probably remembering wrong, but I thought they had something to do with the intense exposure to nth metal or something. Yeah, yeah, I think they explained it that way at one point. The only time I ever seen them question it was in the Golden Age, which of course isn't in technically isn't in continuity, although James Robinson acted as if it mostly was in Starman because they basically. Yep. Like uh, Johnny Quick is basically saying, yeah, Carter's really gotten into this whole Egyptian reincarnated thing. I think he's kind of crazy now. 
Um, yeah. So they didn't take it at, 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 at face value that, that he's um, that he's a reincarnated Egyptian prince. They just thought, oh, yeah, you always said that, but now you're, like, dressing like one, so you're kind of nuts. You know? So it's, like, yeah. <laughs> weird. Yeah, and, and to, I mean, to answer the question you originally asked me, finally, like, you know, so Shaira reacts that way, and I think that's a normal reaction from her perspective. And I think Johnny Quick's reaction in the Golden Age is a is a normal reaction. And and I mean, and I know they've been exposed to all kinds of crazy things, but you know, Johnny Quick is a pretty down to earth, you know, news cameraman. Right. So so he's he would it makes sense that he would at least be taken aback by this guy, you know, running around in an Egyptian's manskirt. Right, exactly. Although it is kind of funny that like you say a mathematical formula out loud and it gives you super speed, dude. How how is that any weirder and crazier than me being reincarnated Egyptian prince? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we know the specter. That's always my thing. It's like we know the specter. We've worked with the specter. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. He's and the, there's the, the he's, famous Aquaman line from JLA. Um, what did he say to Steel? You 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 built a. a a superpowered suit of armor in your garage. I'm the the king of an underseen kingdom, and we're eating pork rinds on the moon. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, but what did you think about Hot Girl like laughing at him, Cindy? Honestly, I keep going back, and I mean, I know this is the logic class in me coming out, but one of the big things that they always say is if you have someone that is mentally unstable. The idea is to keep them calm. Laughing at the man is not going to keep him calm. That's <laughs> true. I mean. That's true. That's yeah. true, but she's not exactly Miss Sensitivity either. Right. I, I, yeah. But at the same time, I keep thinking about, you know, for me, where I deal with kids all day, you're talking about conflict, conflict de-escalation. Kids say, I mean, and kids that have dealt with stuff and everything else, your object your main objective is to get them to calm the crap down so you can get control of the converse, the conversation and get them to chill. Laughing at them is not the way to do it. Yeah. And yeah. for somebody that, I'm sorry, I keep going back to this, and again, this is logic class. To me, this was the dumbest thing she did during the whole series. Really? It is, because really? to me, it's insulting to somebody that has a mental illness yeah. That she would do this. I mean, to me, I'm looking at him at this point, when we're at this point in the story, he has a mental illness. She's laughing at him. She's a dumbass. <laughs> Not the way to de-escalate the situation. I even thought of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, so... And this is somebody that was supposed that. to be trained. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. But, I mean... Of she course also, I am. <laughs> <laughs> She also... For somebody who's supposed to be, you know, the queen of espionage, she's very direct. Yeah. You know, she's, she's much more likely to try and end a conflict by winning than she is by de-escalating most of the time. Although you see her getting better at things like de-escalation, I think, over the course of the series. The other thing that can, comes to mind when we examine it at this level, like you talk about, is Shaira is a little bit speciesist. You hear her talk about, you know, later, like, you know, 
the human mind, the, the unshielded human mind can't take the Absorbicron because it was designed for dealing with Thanagarians. And, you know, we're stronger than, you know, you little cardboard people. Mm. And she didn't say that, but that's that's kind of how I read it. And uh, um, and I think some of her laughter, not that it's excused in any way, but it, some of it is, oh, puny human wants to be a Thanagarian. That's so funny. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I think she's mostly laughing at herself and her, like she said, I have such horrible taste in men. But, oh yeah, that, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think I think that, she's that's the that's the reading that it most matches what she actually says and is probably the most charitable. So I'll shut up now. No, no, I I think there's something there too, but I I think I think she is also laughing at him. But you know, I kind of it kind of now that I think about this, she has disavowed hot girl name she doesn't wear the costume she doesn't wear the helmet uh, she can't help the fact that she's got wings um mm-hmm. you know that's that's part of her but you know this guy that's supposed to be her long lost love is dressing as a thanagarian they invaded the planet they you know they they subjugated the planet um everyone hates them and and it's a brand she's trying to distance herself from and then he shows up as hawk man i know why he's <laughs> hawk man because He's Hawkman. He's a famous DC character. They haven't used him. Everybody loves Hawkman, at least in theory. They like to see him as part of the Justice League, if not in his own book. But they like Hawkman to be around, you know, JSA, JLA, whatever. And so I get it. But outside of DC continuity and the love of the character, him being Hawkman is kind of dumb. Because it's like, I hate being, I'm not Hawk Girl anymore. There's a reason I don't go by that. It's, I, I'm ashamed of what I did. I'm ashamed of what my people did to Earth. And now here you are coming out, you know, it's like, I think I'll be Captain Noxie, you know, or something. You, yes. know, I mean, you know, it's like, don't know. You can't do that. You know, it's like, that's a bad, that's a, I know what you're getting at, but it's a bad look, dude. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't think about that, but you're right. And I will, um, I'll paper over or try to excuse that not occurring to me because it's the same effect as listening to Cisco Aiden and the hot squad on a hot move or not is like, they point out things that are dumb about characters that don't occur to me, you know, at my advanced age, because I just accepted it when I was seven. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm the same way. I always comment on the fact that they bring up things that like, I've never even thought about how, goofy that is you know or something because they're they're looking at it from an outside perspective yeah yeah so yeah. i mean obviously you know we all wanted to see hawkman but if within the context of this series yeah maybe not not the best mm-hmm. choice to you know i don't know be fly guy or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh batman is actually hearing this conversation over his tracker as he makes his way through the tomb avoiding booby traps but then the shadow thief emerges from his own shadow and attacks him uh, which is a really cool sequence. And he throws Batman off the high bridge he was on, and we don't see him fire his grapple. And this is another one of those cases where it's a huge, huge, you know, full screen mm-hmm. of the, the tomb, and Batman's this little tiny figure that just keeps getting tinier and tinier. It's like, how did he save himself? <laughs> you know? I mean, he's Batman. You've seen him fall off buildings, but you you you, you kind of know how he saved himself, but it's interesting that... Like, you know, Bruce, Tim, and the rest of the team are just, they're just leaving it up to the readers to figure that out. Like, okay, everybody who's still with us is smart enough to know what he's going to do. Yeah, it's like, do we have to show him fire the grapple? And Tim's like, nah, they know he's going to do it. Just, uh, you know, 
<laughs> save, yeah. the, save the sound effect for you know today or whatever. Um, I think it's interesting though if you notice when the when the a shadow thief goes over top of the tracker and he absorbs it into his shadow body. His shadow looks like a human man with like regular hair, not a bald hmm. figure. So take that what you will. I don't want to get too much into it, but there, there you go. There's that for something for later. So I do want to point out. So Shadow Thief, before I, while I'm thinking about it, he throws Batman like he's the Hulk or something, mm. and or, or Solomon Grundy, I should say. Yeah, <laughs> and the uh, um, he's so he's super strong. He can split himself into two independently operating building beings. Yeah, he's got. He's apparently able to pick up things and store them inside himself or in some shadow dimension. Yeah. So, like, there's way more powers on this guy than just slinking around like a shadow. So uh-huh. that that was that was the only thing I wanted to point out is he's he's pretty scary. Yeah, they definitely upped his his power levels on here. Def, definitely, he's definitely. And I mean, it's a different interpretation of him than than anyone i'm familiar with as we'll eventually find out so it's yeah it's kind of interesting where they went with him uh back in the tomb hawk hawkman sorry i almost said hawk girl hawkman unveils the absorbicon absorbicron i always want to say that wrong the absorbicron which here looks like an onk symbol uh in the comics it was the device the hawks used to learn about earth customs when they arrived from thanagar and they would it was basically like google it was like Thanagarian Google. They would <laughs> go back up to the ship, put the headpiece on, and let's use the Absorbicron and find out about this, you know. Uh, so it was, the, it was the internet before the internet. So uh, I thought it was kind of funny. So uh, yep. Then we get the flashback to how Carter, or Joseph, as he was known back then, found the Absorbicron three years ago. He touches it, and power surges from it, causing him great pain. His eyes go completely black, and he passes out. Um Remember that for later. Uh, we now have a flashback within a flashback, or at least implanted or unlocked memories or scrambled uh, scrambled memories from somebody else, depending on your point of view. Uh, he and apparently Shaira were Thanagarian law officers, sucked through a wormhole and crash-landed in Egypt in 6600 BC. Uh, so what did you guys think of the look of their ship? Uh, they're in their outfits. I mean, clearly they they inspired Egyptian culture with the onks, the the Horus hawk helmets, etc. I thought that was a neat touch. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I did too. I thought my only complaint about the ship was that that does that looks way too small for me to be doing inter- interstellar travel in. I want mm-hmm. I want some room to move around. Yeah, but the um, <laughs> but that said, it was gorgeous. And uh, like, really, and the, and yeah, I had the same thought about them expiring so much of Egyptian culture. I, I looked up a little bit of old Egypt stuff. Can I geek out on that for a second? Sure, go ahead. All right. So I thought it was interesting. They went back 8,000 years or really 8,600 years to 6,600 BC because they're really predating Egyptian civilization. So they were trying to avoid contradicting anything, I think, by making it so early that it didn't mess with, you know, Moses, the pyramids, Tutankhamun, you know, all the stuff that we actually know. Mm-hmm. Um, and according to what I looked up, and some of this is is back and forth because, or, or you know, is equivocal because um, 
you know, it's, it's archaeology and it's not an exact science. But they think that there was settlement of the Nile Valley probably somewhere around 7,000 B.C. They think that agricultural settlements started around, like they, they got past hunter-gatherer to actually doing farming um, around 6,000 B.C., which lines up with when, uh, you know, these lawhawks would have shown up. So I think that's an, an interesting parallel. Um, and then the, the, the unified Egypt that we think of with the pharaoh and everything doesn't show up until 3100 BC, which is a lot later. Mm-hmm. And one gaffe is that they show the pyramids in this, in this scene, which they didn't show up until somewhere between 27 and 1500 BC oh. by estimates. But, uh, it, and, and it seemed like there were some pieces of Egyptian culture that we associate that was already there with the people who met them. Oh, okay. Okay. So they're playing, they're, 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 they're kind of trying to, make it make sense but then they're also playing a little fast and loose because they want to get the iconography of the pyramids and 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 the the whole ancient alien thing in there and so yeah and they they, yeah yeah, they i think they wanted to they wanted to make it still recognizably egypt even though in reality 6600 bc the only thing that would look the same would be the nile and the sand gotcha yeah (laughs) yeah that's interesting. Thanks for doing that research. That's that's really that's that's uh, that kind of puts things in perspective a little bit of what they were, how they were kind of thinking. You know, I mean, they definitely it definitely seems like there was basically nothing there until they showed up, and then ah, the the ancient Egypt that we know was because of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm you know they didn't show yep. the Sphinx, but they might as well have. You mm-hmm. know, um, so that was that was kind of that was that was interesting, and obviously a lot of the what they're wearing, the iconography of the ship, a lot of that is looks like what we consider ancient Egyptian culture and artifacts and artwork and and all that design. So uh, it's 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 you know it was definitely here influenced by them. And of course, we get the nod to Carter says a jealous priest uh, poisoned them, resenting their influence. Um, you know, so that goes back to the, the golden age origin. So we've essentially combined the golden age reincarnation of an Egyptian prince angle and the silver age alien law officer origins of Hawkman and Hawk Girl. And like I said before, I think this is brilliant. And it should have honestly been what DC did in the comics at some point. What about you, Captain? No, I, I 100% agree. This is, you know, the DCAU and the MCU always have the advantage of looking back and being able to pick and choose and stitch together the best parts. And I think that, and I'm always surprised when I see people not doing that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the DCAU did a great job of it and uh, and made a coherent history that connected everything together. So and and you saw a little bit of that because I think there was a phase in DC Comics, probably in the Jeff Johns era, where they showed that the Thanagarians had been in Egypt. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so 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 they weren't the only ones who had this idea, but they weren't saddled with all the convoluted history and crisis and stuff that that uh, the DC creators are. So they were able to make it more streamlined. Yeah, I mean, I just always, I mean, in my, in my head, I'm like, why don't they just make it to where you know, they were kind of like this, if they wanted to to move this into the timeline, but keep everybody still on the board, just have like, 
you know, a divergent timeline where Carter and Shire went back into the past uh, on Earth and became those characters, and they were renamed Prince Khufu and Shira, or however they pronounced her name back then. So, I don't know. What you yeah. think? What you think about it, Cindy? I mean, again, that Tim verse is the right verse. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and this is also calling back to what Jeff Johns was doing in the comics at the time because he had a new hot girl, Kendra Saunders, be revealed as possessing the soul of her relative Shira Sanders, the Golden Age hot girl, who had been reincarnated over the centuries. And when Hawkman Carter Hall reappeared, he thought they should just pick right up where they left off, but she wasn't having it. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of got that dynamic with these two as well. You know, you've got, I'm a reincarnated, you know, we're destined to be lovers and... She's like, that's what you think, buddy, not me, you know. <laughs> Just so we got that, we've got that, we're bringing that in from the from that era of the JSA and the Hawkman series that Jeff Johns was writing while this show was being made, so. Yep. Yeah. It, oh, and uh, before I forget, the priest is played by Hector Elizondo, who played Krager, so if you want to, you can make, uh, Krager, the reincarnation of the priest, too. Right, yeah, I know, I like that bit when we get to that one. Yeah, that's great, yeah. <laughs> he uh, Hawkman opens the chamber and shows her the ship, but she tells him, like you said, Absorbicron is just a database that you connect with telepathically. It was old and damaged and probably filled his mind and thoughts with feelings that weren't his own, but Carter isn't having it. He wants her to touch it and get her memories back, so she tosses him into the ship. <laughs> Hands off, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, again, like I said, this this now reads as a little gaslighty, especially mm-hmm. where he's like, you know, take this drug and and be yeah. like me. You know, he's, he's like <laughs> space roofing her or yeah. wanting to, you know, or something. <laughs> yeah, I, it's maybe I'm being I'm skeeting it. But the more I talk about the more I think about this, the more it's bothering me now that I'm like doing it on a podcast. It's like. Uh, I don't know. Um, as you said, Shadow Thief emerges from Shira's shadow and splits in two as two Shira shadows and fights them both. And he knocks them out by doing a reverse flash-like trick of phasing his hand through their bodies, uh, which looks like it really hurts, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so thankfully, they didn't. he didn't kill them. Um, they wake up chained upside down. And Shira knows who Shadow Thief is. Uh, this is the first time he appeared on JLU, but she knows he's a talker. So no, she woke up before him. That's what happened in this scene. That's the way I read it. Oh, she woke up before Carter did. Mm, you think so? Oh yeah. I kind of took it that they ran into him before uh-uh. or something. No. Mm. What do you think, Captain? Well, I, I, I hate to do the obvious thing, but I'm going to agree with Cindy. Okay. The, uh, and, <laughs> The I, I think see they, I knew you were a smart man. Hmm. <laughs> they so, just, we just missed half the monologue. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, that's why, and that that makes more sense with like, unfortunately, she's not. He says she's not a talker, mm-hmm. so that makes sense because he's been trying to get her to talk. Oh yeah. Okay, well that makes yeah. sense. Okay, all right. Uh, just a little background on Shadow Thief. We've mentioned a little bit, but he dates back to Brave and the Bold number thirty six, June July nineteen sixty one, the third Silver Age Hawkman Hawk Girl issue. In the comics, he's Carl Sands, a thief who uses alien tech to turn into an immaterial shadow, but his origins here are eventually revealed to be quite different. The actor playing him is not credited as not to give away that origin. 
Uh, so we'll save that info until his next appearance. But if you really want to know, you can IMDb it and it'll tell you. But I didn't tell you this time. So, uh, yeah. So he sticks his finger into Shaira's eye, it seems, mm-hmm. and then reveals he just did that for fun and is after Carter and his knowledge of the tomb and its defenses to rob the riches from the burial chamber. Uh, so that's why he's got him tied up and mm-hmm. he's going to torture her. Hawkman tells him no, but then he moves over to Shaira and says that although Thanagarians are stronger than humans, he wonder how long she'll last under his tender care. And he strokes her face and then displays his knife-like fingers in front of her. And this guy is a true creep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, it's, 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 it's kind of, yeah, ugh, skeevy. Um, uh, and uh, what's her response, Cindy? Knock yourself out, jerk holes. <laughs> I gotta think that's one of her better lines. Mm. <laughs> Just jerk hole. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of surprised they could... There's some connotations to jerk hole that are surprised they got that past broadcast standards. Mm. But I, you know... But uh, he Could said, have been worse. Uh-huh. Yeah, it could have been... Oh, it could have been way worse, yeah. He says, a little rude, darling, don't you think? Uh, so, just... I'm just putting that out there. He said that. I'm not going to say anything more. Up in the creep factor. Yeah. Yeah, he's up in the creep yeah. factor. Yeah. Uh, of course, Hawkman agrees to help him to save Shira, But as he's starting to open the chamber, Batman throws a batarang at Hawkman's hand before he has a chance to finish working the stone controls. And Shadow Thief says, you again. And I love Batman's comeback. It, it's flat awesome. I've never been afraid of shadows. Uh, that's this perfect comment for Batman to make to this guy, you know, it's like, Hey, that's, that's my, that's my, uh, that's my shtick, buddy. <laughs> yeah. But, but shadow thief has a good comeback. He says it's never too, or now is a perfect time to start. I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. He's got a good guy. Yeah, he's, he's a pretty snappy villain. You know, he's got some, he's got some witty banner there. You know, he's not just a ah, grunting. He's, he's, he's slick. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Batman tries to free Shira, but Shadow Thief blocks his batarang. Then they fight, and Shadow Thief is knocked into the wall, opening the chamber, apparently in a fashion you aren't supposed to use, I'm guessing, which is why it gets, everything gets mm-hmm. unstable. Um, then things get really weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys, I, I didn't really notice this before, but this is odd. Giant statues open up to reveal huge mummies, like big sarcophagus. Of, mm-hmm. and, and these mummies come out. But once our heroes start fighting them, we find out they are robot mummies. So the Thanagarian followers use their tech to make giant robot mummies to defend their tomb? Uh, sure. <laughs> Captain? <laughs> I, I think that's how you avoid getting sued by by the uh, Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weiss mummy crew. Oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> this does feel like you're in the ride at Universal. Uh, right it now. does. Yeah, which that is awesome. I love that ride. That is such a great ride. <laughs> I love that ride. It's <laughs> a great movie franchise. It is. It is. I, I, especially those first two are it, even it's right up to when the Scorpion King walks in. But, you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, come on, people. Let's leave it in the oven a little bit longer. Um, but uh, <laughs> I know it was the early 2000s, but still, you know. Uh, if you can't do it, just go Ray Harryhausen on it or something, you know? Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, I wonder if that, the robot mummies, was in the script. Our broadcast standards didn't like the heroes cutting through even rotting human flesh and had them change it. Probably. I, I mean, 
I guess we're not really into the mystical here, so I guess it makes sense that the robot mummies, but again, you know, the, the robot mummies. I mean, may, maybe they're made to be mummies so they'll scare superstitious, you know, mm-hmm. people that would try to rob the tomb, but they're, they're the robot. I don't know, robot mummy. It's cool, but it's just, I just, in my mind, I remember them being like, oh, they're just real big mummies, mm-hmm. you know, but. but uh, they're in a tomb. <laughs> The ancient Egyptians are good at sticking with a theme. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a good theme park ride, like we said. It's like, it's very, it's very, everything's very themed. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's And when they escape, there's a gift shop at the end. So. <laughs> <laughs> it does remind me. Of, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I just said, I wish that'd been in there. That would have been terrific. That would have been good. Yeah. They come back out. Batman's got a ball cap on and a t-shirt on the top of his ears, you know. Um it does remind me of the weird and unexplained jokerized Egyptian clad robots in the Once and Future Thing Part 2 that we yeah. never have been able to figure out why or that they're serving his Kronos' wife and then the Justice League comes in and that's right around the time John turns into Hal Jordan. Mm-hmm. It's it's really weird. Yeah, and it's like, why were they... They looked like Joker faces, but they were like robots dressed in ancient Egyptian gear. So I, I still don't understand that, but... <laughs> So I think the effect of that is it's a little bit like the giant penny and the dinosaur in the Batcave, like which I know they've come up with stories explaining those, but you're just supposed to figure there's a story to this. We didn't get to see it, but you know, there's a lot of history. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Shadow thief enters the chamber and we see a sarcophagus for two uh, sarcophagi uh, with two faces and feathered arms. Hmm. More on that later. Uh, of course, the chamber is unstable and is crumbling around them. Shira frees herself uh, by just pulling the chains mm-hmm. out of the wall, which I like quite a bit. Nobody has, nobody saves her. Nope. She saves herself, which is which is which is good, and you know it points to the whole point. I can take care of myself, type thing, which is mm-hmm. her through she, line in yeah. this episode. Yeah, so I like that. Uh, nice touch. Uh, she stops Shadow Thief from grabbing the loot and swings her mace through him. And he calls her darling again and points out he's only solid when he wants to be. And her reply is, who says I want you solid? And then she lights up that magic mace and old shadow man don't like that. Uh, and he calls her a filthy witch as he runs out, which I thought like, wow, okay. Um, Hawkman's got a torch and then Batman has a flare and they surround him. Uh, and he seems to be, you know, the light hurts him. So he spins around and tunnels through the ground, further destabilizing the chamber. And like you said, Captain... He's much more powerful uh, than just a guy in a shadow suit like the comic books. So, <laughs> yep. yeah, uh, the floor goes and the ship and Batman go falling through nothingness until Shira grabs Batman. The heroes fly out, but Hawkman flies back in when he realizes Absorbicron is still inside. Shira flies after him, and when he doesn't listen to reason, she belts him. How about that, Cindy? Why not? <laughs> you know, that's if you won't save yourself, I'll save you. Right, right. You know? <laughs> what do you think about that, Captain? It, yeah, it's it's definitely it's like what they teach lifeguards. If the if the drowning person is uh, if the you know, the victim is pulling you under, just knock them out. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Uh, in the aftermath, Shira. In the aftermath, Shira continues to try and tell. Carter, that the Absorbicron was meant for Thanagarian minds, as you said, little species, not humans. Your little tiny human minds can't take it. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like, against we're back to Spock again. It's kind of like, 
how Spock would say, you know, your 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 human mind can't handle this Vulcan technique, you know, that that type yes. thing. Yeah. It's so cute that you would try this. Right, exactly. <laughs> Batman offers Jean's help in unscrambling Carter's brain, but he refuses. He knows they are reincarnations of Katar and Shaira Hall, and he loves her. And I wonder why they didn't give her a slightly different name in the past. I mean, I think they are spelled differently in some places. It's like C-H-A-Y hyphen E-R-A or something, but it still sounds the same. So I've always been a little confused about Shara, Shira, because Shira is the only name I ever heard anybody say in a production, you know, animated or live action. So I'm, I've always been a little confused by her names. I just think they weren't very imaginative on Thanagar. Yeah. <laughs> they had like four names you could choose from. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are governments, I mean, and that's now that you have to apply for a name and there is a bank of names that you can choose from. That's true. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that, I that's that. true. Yes. <laughs> you. I mean, and that's, that is now. I mean, like, um, I want to say like, Romania it's that way, and um, Sweden it's that way, Norway it's that way. There is a, a bank of approved names that you choose from. And then you have to present the name for your child for the government. And if you don't choose a name from that, if you try and come up with one, it has to go before a judge that says, okay, yeah, that's a good name, we can we can do it this time. Or, no, that's just dumb, you're not doing that. So they can't, like, like uh, in Talladega Nights, he couldn't name his kid Texas Ranger? No. I mean that that is fact in in Norway for sure I know and there's other countries around the world that follow that as well. Uh, You're not allowed to name your child just whatever. No, John Bogdanov and and Nick Cage, you cannot name your kid Kal El. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this sounds a lot like trying to paint my house with the homeowners association. Oh, okay. somebody has to approve the colors. Oh wow. Huh. <laughs> You know, I'm not not to get too deep into that, but you know, in some cases that can be good and that can be bad. So I, I mean, because there's places around here, you're like, man, there ought to be some kind of code where they have to keep their house up better than that, you know. But but we have like nothing around here. Basically, no. it's not enforced. I'm sure it's on the books. Nobody enforces it. So, but that's a little don't, that's a little ridiculous with the paint color. Yeah. So don't tell anybody, but the frame around the front door is not the color white that it's supposed to be. <gasps> oh, you rebel. <laughs> yes. Uh, she, she tells Carter that he can't love her because he doesn't even know her. He responds with, your favorite color is teal. You can eat Croatian oysters every day even though they give you heartburn. You get up early because you love the sunrise, and nothing is more important to you than fighting for those who can't fight for themselves. And the look on her face is, I'll be damned, he does know me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you think of that, Captain? Uh, same reaction. I mean, the uh, it was interesting to know that much uh, kind of trivia about the character. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was kind of a neat little insight on things you wouldn't normally get. Um, but but yeah, I thought her reaction was uh, was was valid, and and it was also interesting to see that like in in this universe these are the kind of things that carry over from, you know, from life to life when you're reincarnated. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He, he left out the part where she can out belch anybody. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. <laughs> he tells her uh, that she'll see the truth. Eventually it's destiny. She tells him it's not, it's the absorber cron. 
And he says, I've waited thousands of years for us to find each other. I can wait a little longer. And he flies off. Uh, so whether or not, whether true or not, is this romantic or creepy, Cindy? <laughs> at, at this stage in the game, if we hadn't had that thing where he's like, you will touch it, you will, you know, if we hadn't had that, I'm going to get your memories back. It's stalkery, but at the same, you can also see where, you know, there it, it's romantic, but it's it's weird, yeah. you know. It's but I can't look at it without thinking about the next episode of this this mm. arc, yeah. you know, yeah. because I know what I know. It's also, and you're a sucker for reincarnated love stories. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, one of my, th- you my know, genres. Like Bram, when they add that to Dracula, like in Bram Stoker's mm-hmm. Dracula and things like that. Well, you're, I mean, it's one of those cases. I mean, you know. I could see that happening with you and me. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah. I, I love you that much, sweetie. Oh, oh gooey. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of like now I know how my kids feel when uh, when my wife and I are smooching in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just roll their eyes and go, "Ugh!" Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Same, same with us. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you know. Like Dark Shadows, that's a famous example of uh, reincarnated, mm-hmm. you know, Barnabas thought that... Um, that uh, Josette. Josette. She was Josette. Um, uh, God, Catherine Lee Scott's character. Good Lord, what's it? Maggie was, was Josette. Uh, and uh, he went to some pretty extreme... He, like, kept mm-hmm. her in a coffin and tried to brainwash her. And so, yeah, and that's when, you know, they Barnabas was flat out a villain. Mm-hmm. And then they liked people liked him, so they made him an anti-hero, basically. Uh, but, but so, yeah, so you've got, you know, but still he's a tragic figure because he is like longing for that long mm-hmm. lost love. So, I mean, Hawkman's clearly not that level, obviously, but it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a, it's kind of interesting. It's, 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 it depends on the day of the week, how I feel about it. What about yeah. you, Captain? He, well, I think this is, it's one of his most gentlemanly scenes and least stalkery scenes because he backs off. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm not going to push this any further. And it's almost, it's kind of, it's one of the scenes that really redeems the character. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it does. It does kind of think, okay, he's not going to bother. You get the idea. He's not going to like, just keep, he's not going to be digging through her trash. He's going to leave her alone for now. He's going to give her some space, uh, you know, and, and so, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. It does kind of, it does kind of make smooth things over a bit. So, yep. <laughs> Uh, then Shira busts Batman's balls for following her. How stupid do you think I am? Scale of one to ten. Yeah. <laughs> I like that line. Uh, she pulls the bug off her mace and asks how much he heard. A bunch of nonsense about reincarnation and destiny. And Maybe says, it isn't nonsense. That's right, yeah. Uh, and then Batman gets to basically repeat what he said to GL, if you really believe that. Yeah. So I like that book in that he's basically having the same conversation with the two people who are destined right. uh, to have this kid that he met in the future. <laughs> That's a nice little touch. Yeah. <laughs> so what do y'all think about the kid? Because the, it, like to us, I, I think we've seen so many different multiverses and timelines and stuff that we just like, yeah, it could, could happen that way. It could not. Um, Green Lantern, he, he takes this as faded and nobody really contradicts that interpretation. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but the the future is not set in stone. Every day, you could make one small choice that throws you on a completely different path. I, I think part of it, though, is that this time DC Comics had such a hard line about no multiverses. 
I know. No alternate timelines. You know, it, you do that over in Elseworlds or you keep it out of our stuff. You know, they, I know, I know, they, but they, I'm just they were saying, starting no. to get out of it. You know, Mark Wade tried to introduce hyper time and everybody was like, Ugh! you know, everybody else was like, no. Uh, and and um, I, I think I think they're operating on there is one timeline in the DC universe, you know, at this point. Uh, so I think that's one reason that that kind of feeds into Green Lantern's reaction to it. You know, I think nowadays because, I mean, there's a multiverse in freaking My Little Pony probably or something now, you know. So it's like it's so overdone now. We just like accept, oh, yeah, it's an alternate timeline. They they had a kid, and but not in this one or something. So I think that might be part of it. I don't I don't know. I it's I haven't I have to go back and read the Justice League Infinity comics that DeMatteis and James Tucker did uh, that was a follow-up series that came out like a year or two ago. I got all the issues, but I never read it all the way through. I need to get back to it because I did. I found it was kind of messing with what I was doing on the show, so I want, I'm just going to read it when I get done with the show, and then I'll read it <laughs> So after I watch through the show again. So As Shara looks to where the tomb was, we see the double sarcophagus below all the rubble. And inside, two mummified bodies holding hands. Mm-hmm. So I thought that, I like that uh, neat little touch there. So it's like, hmm, maybe Hawkman's not wrong right. here, but we'll see. So <laughs> what you guys think about that final shot? Um, I mean, again, foreshadowing this time without an actual shadow. Yeah. But, the, um, but, um, but yeah, I thought it was, it was touching and kind of neat because I don't, I don't know if they ever did double sarcophagi right. in, in ancient Egypt. I've never seen something like that before, but it looked cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really neat, yeah. Power action feature. Okay, so let's jump into our superlatives for this episode. So, Captain, what did you have for power action feature? So my power action feature was really kind of static, so I don't know if this will meet y'all's qualifications or not, but the reveal of the Thanagarian ship inside the tomb... I thought was just an amazing shot, and mm-hmm. you got to see the reaction of uh, of Shaira. So, yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, that's that. I like that too. It, it, hey, whatever you, whatever was your Kapow moment, that's your power action feature. It doesn't matter. So, what what about you, Cindy? I would say the whole point where she whopped him to pull him out of the tomb. Yeah, I, I like that. The flight through the crumbling tomb is it's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. The, the, or know. when she pulls the that whole big block out, you know, because she pulls herself out of the yeah when she's in the chains. That's a nice shot too. Yeah, that's good too. Rotating chairperson. Uh so for rotating chairperson, who was your who was your leaguer of choice this time, Captain? So it had to be Batman. So he looked out for Shaira. He beat the traps without, you know, Indiana Carter Hall's help. <laughs> so, and he was in character the whole time. And, and, and I know that he can be rotating chairperson a lot because he's the, the back guy who's prepared for anything. But, but I thought it was pretty plausible this time. That's good. I can go with that. How about you, Cindy? I would have to agree with him because, you know, Batman is very level-headed. He's like, hey, here are the facts. This is what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did give it to Shire just because this is her episode, so I was kind of thinking in that direction. But she did, you know, she did kind of get herself in this situation. So, you know, and she, even she pointed out, like, oh, I can't believe I did this. So, yeah. Uh, but I do like the fact that Hawkman is introduced in this episode, but she's still the focus, and she pones him. 
mm-hmm. you know, at the end. So she's never, he never makes her lesser by being here. You know, it's like, like, oh, well now Hawkman's here. And he was always, it was always Hawkman and Hawk Girl. you know. It's like, no, it's not. It's like, it's Shira and Hawkman, you know. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I like that bit, yeah. Yep. Justice League Communicator. Uh, Justice League Communicator, what was your favorite line or exchange, Captain? Oh, well, there were a lot of good ones just in the the conversation between Batman, Green Lantern, and Shaira in in the middle of the story. But but I think my favorite has to be... Aliens? Well, then he must be a lunatic because we all know that there's no life on other planets. That is a great one. I love that one. Yeah. What about you, Cindy? Judas Priest! (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even know GL was into 70s metal. Yeah, me neither. Right? Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I went with, in that same scene, I went with the whole exchange between them two. Mm-hmm. And and just her, I mean, Phil Lamar is just so befuddled. And Maria Canals is just, she's just oozing sexuality. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's like, wow. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's getting hot in here, you know. It's like... <laughs> It's yeah, you could. Hot in here, so take off all your clothes. <laughs> Apparently, she did eventually, but not with them. <laughs> right, and 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 if you had to condense that part to one line, it would have to be the part about I can I can tell you where to get this dress for Vixen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like uh, it's like you can get it for your girlfriend because you can't have this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I wanted to Judas Priest. Problem. No. No, it's just, uh, I've never seen you in a dress before. You don't like it? It's, uh, fetching. If you want one for Vixen, I can tell you where I got it. <clears throat> Listen. Glad I caught you before you did something stupid. Comic connections. So what about comic connections? They're all over the place here, uh, Captain. What do you think? Yeah, I think I, I think we've talked about them at, at length, but I mean, he merged. Uh, they, the team, uh, the Timverse team, merged the the Hawkmen, uh, similar to what Jeff Johns does. They included the the Egyptian Thanagarian connection. They included the reincarnation connection from the Golden Age. He looked like the Silver Age Hawkman. Um, you know, they used the name Katar Hull. The um, yeah, it's just it's like they took all the bits they wanted from the comics and put them in an order that actually makes sense. Yeah, I agree. What about you, Cindy? Again, Tim versus the right verse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they basically took all the like they took a like it's almost like they had a whiteboard. Okay, what's Hawkman? It's like you know, okay, Cater Hall, Carter Hall, Midway City Museum, Thanagar, Egypt, and like you know, it made it all work. Yeah. So uh, yep. it's 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 a wonderful amalgam. Yeah, maybe the question was over putting strings in between them. I don't know, making it work. So. <laughs> <laughs> electricity is evil. So electricity is evil. I don't think it's really evil in this one. What do you guys think? So I don't. Uh, it, it's hard. Is is what comes off the mace really electricity? Is what comes off the Absorbicron electricity, or is it just telepathic energy? Mm. So yeah. the so I don't know, but but I would agree it was there was never a point where it was used against a good guy in a bad way. Right, unless you count, unless it is the Absorbicron and the kind of 
if it did scramble Carter's slash Joseph's mind, we'll see. But I, you know, it's according to how you feel about that. But yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Yeah, and we've kind of counted her amazed because it seems kind of electric over the years. You know, it's not the same as the electrified sewer grate, but you know, which we'll never let that go. But uh, <laughs> no, and you shouldn't. We shouldn't. No. Uh, so, final thoughts on this one, Captain. Oh, final thoughts. Um, well, honestly, all the episodes are great. I am honored to be asked to be on, and so, so. I enjoyed this the first time. I was a little um, tweaked that that this Carter Hall is not 100% a good guy. He's a little bit off because of the stalkery things that we mentioned, but I still enjoyed it. But now that I've gotten to talk about it with y'all, it's it's going to be higher in my estimation. Nice. What, what, what yeah. about you, Sidney? I mean, it's again, I wish that they hadn't made him a stalker, but we get to see... Hawkman with some of the, you know, and where it's going. Yeah, I, I think they came up with a great way to introduce him, but not make Shire a lesser character, like I said. Uh, you know, and, and yes, there's that whole idea of him being a bit unhinged and uh, definitely a stalker. I think James Remar does a nice job of making him feel completely sincere. His performance helps paper over that, too. I think he does a really good job of making him seem like a, like the the strong character of Hawkman we know. It it doesn't hurt that I think he, it, it's not like they sound exactly alike, but there's something about his Hawkman that sounds just a bit like Jack Angel's Hawkman from the Super Friends. Mm. That yeah, because that's kind of that's the voice I hear in my head when I read like, uh, you know, Silver or Bronze Age comics. I hear Jack Angel's Hawkman voice, uh, so that kind of that kind of works that way too. He doesn't sound dissimilar to him. So I think that helps too, but I think his performance does a lot to, to, especially now in modern context, um, you know, in the, in the, uh, however, how many years has it been? Well, it's almost been 19 years, the 19 years since this episode aired, uh, to, you know, kind of say, okay, we can, we can, we can still like this guy, despite maybe some unsavory aspects to him overall, we can like him. So, (laughs) yeah. And, and, I should have said this earlier when we were talking about Hawkman like as a character, but they've always portrayed Carter Hall as one of the classic DC heroes who, you know, like Hal Jordan or Clark Kent or somebody like that, who even if they didn't have superpowers, they'd be pretty impressive people, right? Mm-hmm. In the Barry Allen. In, and he was also always portrayed as um, a guy who was – fully a nerd and yet fully a jock. And, and so the, I think they captured all of that here. Yeah, I think so too. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us, captain. It's it, it'll be a while before we get toward the end of this season, but we'd love to have you back to discuss the follow-up to this episode, ancient history. Are you on board? Absolutely. Uh, I'll be there with wings on. (laughs) Well, I know we teased that we were going to do that anyway, but yes, the captain will definitely be rejoining us to discuss the follow-up episode, Ancient History, which is the basically the penultimate episode before the two-part series finale, so that'll be great. Uh, in the meantime, where can folks find you about the podcastophere, or the Absorber So, <laughs> so uh, I recently uh, appeared on the Rolled Spine podcast with Diabolu Frank discussing 
uh, Batman and Aliens, which I guess I was discussing Batman and Aliens here too. <laughs> so that's uh, that's the only thing that's recent and current. But yeah, so in addition to that, I've been on uh, uh, Long Box Crusade a little bit uh, with their action film Face Off. Um, might appear again on on one of their other podcasts before the end of the year. Uh, I am on every Fire and Water podcast that will invite me, um, and I really appreciate y'all inviting me on here. I am and I'm I am desperately seeking my fifth Rob Kelly. Uh, a podcast so I can um, so I can get that Robbie and be one of Kelly's heroes and I'm and I'm starting to listen to Bob Dylan so I can figure this out <laughs> that's a good that's a good that's a good thing to do to, if you want it if you gotta get that Robbie you gotta you know we might have to just you might just want to pitch Rob's like hey can we do an FW presents on I don't know if that counts because that's not his series does that count for a Robbie I'm not sure we need a ruling from the council yeah, but it, uh, the, uh, usually when we get them together, they're all floaty heads, and they just want to say guilty, guilty. <laughs> it's kind of weird, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being uh, listening to the show and engaging with us in the comment section. I'll always love to read your comments, and I, I we had to get you on the show before we wrapped up, so we really appreciate you coming by, and we've had a blast discussing this episode with you, so thank you so much. Well, I love the show. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, thank you, guys. And we want to say special thanks to our Patreon supporters for information on how you can support the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Visit patreon.com slash fwpodcast. Extra special thanks to Jorge Luis Castillo, Matt Ryan, Neil Whitney, Jeff Owens of the Classic Horrors Podcast, David Capoon, Rocket Dan Johnson, and Chuck Carvalho, who specifically support JLUcast. Think you guys can bring some shovels to try and dig out the absorbicron? <laughs> yeah, we could use that. Now, I don't know if we should touch it though. Maybe we shouldn't touch it. Uh, just uh, speaking of Patreon, over on our Patreon page, I asked which version of Hawkman was our patrons' favorite. The Silver Bronze Age Earth One Hawkman got 38% of the votes, with Jeff Johns' Revived Golden Age combined version from JSA The Return of Hawkman storyline. And his solo series, that came in second with 34%. The rest were nowhere close, and the new 52 Hawkman got zero votes. Oh, ouch. Yeah, yeah ow. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, next episode, we'll enter the lost world of the Warlord for the episode Chaos at Earth's Core. See you then. JLU Cast is a Franklin and Franklin production in association with Bugaloo Enterprises worldwide and is a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. The characters and properties mentioned in this show are copyright their respective holders. Likewise, all audio clips are copyright their holders and no infringement is implied. So please don't sue mommy and daddy. Emails can be sent to supermatespodcast at gmail.com. Comments can be left at firewaterpodcast.com. Find us on Facebook by searching for JLUcast and FW Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter by using the hashtag FWPodcast. Please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. Thank you for listening to JLUcast. It nearly killed you. That machine was designed to telepathically communicate with Thanagarians. It was too powerful for an unshielded human mind. John Jones is a telepath. 
Perhaps he can help you sort through the information. I don't need any help. I know the truth. We're the reincarnations of Ketar and Shaira Hall, and I love you. Oh, you can't love me, Carter. You don't even know me. Your favorite color is teal. You could eat Korshan oysters every day even though they give you heartburn. You get up early because you love the sunrise, and nothing's more important to you than fighting for those who can't fight for themselves. You'll see the truth. Eventually. It's destiny. It's not. It's just the Absorbicron. I've waited thousands of years for us to find each other. I can wait a little longer.